It's John, a cut above horror review, episode number 87. We are wrapping up Women in Horror Month, and we're talking about Slumber Party Massacre 2 from 1987. And you've been waiting. Our surprise guest today is Mikey from Let's Get Physical Media. The very first time Mikey's been on the show, we'll have him on a lot more. So kick back, relax, enjoy Women of Horror Month, a cut above horror review, episode 87. It is Slumber Party Massacre 2, and it starts now. Cut my life into pieces. Good evening, and welcome to A Cut Above Horror Review, a podcast where we review all things horror. I'm your host, Jacqueline, and tonight we'll be discussing the film Slumber Party Massacre 2 from 1987. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> I was just going to say, you forgot the Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> it Sweet. came to me a moment late, but uh, it's never too late to throw in the Electric Boogaloo. Uh, but before we get into it, let's meet everybody <laughs> else on the show. First up, I'm very pleased to introduce for the very first time joining us on A Cut Above, our good friend Mikey from Let's Get Physical Media Podcast. Yes. Hey, Mikey. Hello. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Welcome to the Going show. On. I'm excited about this. Yeah, we're excited too. How you doing? Doing good. I'm uh I'm really excited about this movie too. It's one of my favorites. It's definitely my favorite of the three. So I'm happy to talk about Slumber Party and Massacre 2. Awesome. 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 You're definitely the right person to have on this episode, I think. So I hope so. <laughs> um, okay. would you like to tell people about your podcast? Yes. So I, uh, me and my blues brother, Bob from straight chilling, we do a podcast monthly called let's get physical media where we talk about our newest pickups, our monthly pickups of, uh, Blu-rays, 4Ks, and sometimes DVDs. Um, if you guys are physical media enthusiasts, I highly recommend you guys checking us out. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, also a, a local Florida friend of mine. So I get to hang out with Mikey sometimes. So that's always yeah. good to Have get a to actually, drinks. yeah, actually hang out with a member of the crew in person, not just on zoom. So I have to say, Mikey, you had maybe my favorite Halloween costume at the Halloween uh, party that we both attended. Well, oh, Bob year. the ghost. Yes, it was just a bummer because it wasn't staying on great, but it was actually like maybe my favorite costume of the whole night. Oh, oh, thank you. Yeah, I thought a ghost in general would have been the easiest, most convenient <laughs> costume ever from everything I've seen on TV and movies. I was completely wrong. I couldn't see for shit. <laughs> Apparently, it's really <laughs> difficult to wear a sheet as a ghost costume. So what a thunk. <laughs> I think you would have you should have known from all the villains on Scooby-Doo. They always get caught, right? So. I guess so. That's it's probably part of the say. reason why they get caught so easily because you just <laughs> you don't know where the hell you're going and you're tripping yeah. over it half the time too. And, and you, you would have no gotten away with, with it those. if it weren't for those pesky kids. Yeah, and yeah. their dog. And in that situation, it was damn Jackie and everyone else catching me. <laughs> I did not. It was already falling <laughs> off by the time I. You had the glasses on too. I did, and that made it even. That made it ten. Oh, times really? Harder. I thought that might have helped keep it on. I thought so too. I was way wrong. Well, you can't get them around your ears, really, right? You would have had to make like a slot, maybe for your ears or something. Yeah. Oh, I, that would have been a good idea. Maybe. Yeah, a slot helped. for the ears might have tucked it in a little bit. I think what I had to do was spend like five hundred dollars on like a what a five thousand count thread like bed sheet where it just like you know sits yeah. on you perfectly because you're you're pretty much a sultan using a silk sheet like that. Egyptian cut. 
Yeah, but it was a, yeah, I just, I didn't know. But now I do. (laughs) Lesson learned. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Mikey. Glad to have you on. Can't wait to hear what you have to say about Slumber Party Massacre 2. Also on the show tonight, as per usual, we've got Hydraberg. What's up, Hydraberg? What's going on, guys? Mikey, again, thanks for coming on. Um, I just wanted to also comment, too, um, speaking of commenting, you also put out special episodes on your podcast where you guys, you and Bob, do um, commentary tracks on certain films. You've been doing more and more of those recently. They, oh, yeah, we... We've been having a lot of fun doing that. We we uh yeah, we watch a we pick a movie, especially now during holiday seasons or just special occasions. Um we just put out a uh a commentary for Victor Crowley, uh, because of course uh with New Orleans and Mardi Gras just starting, um yeah. we wanted to have that kind of feel. So we did an episode for that. So if you guys haven't seen Victor Crowley or uh or heard that episode, I recommend it. We've also we try to do it for every holiday. We did two for Halloween. We did some for Thanksgiving. Um, Son-in-law, yeah, we make... I loved it. Oh, John was just saying that too. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun Thanksgiving episode. We 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 make it all a drinking game too. So if you want to have some fun and get a little buzz going in an hour and a half, uh, check us out. Yeah, that's a good time. Yeah. All right. Last up but not least, it's John. What's uh, going hello, on, John? Jacqueline? Welcome back, by the way. Thank you. I missed yeah. you guys last week. Yeah, it's a we bummer. Missed you right? as well. Hydraberg, uh, what's happening? And Mikey, thank you again. And I'm going to echo what Jacqueline just said. Your son-in-law um, commentary was fantastic. When you guys busted out the moonshine, <laughs> hell yep. yeah. It's not a horror yeah. thing, but I'm sure it was, was that horrific the, moonshine the that, next um, day. Nicole sent them? What's that? Was that the moonshine that Nicole sent uh, the boys? No. No. No, this like Bob's this cousin was, uh, or something, right? Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, Bob's Bob's cousin straight from the backwoods country, and I thought I was gonna go blind for a second, especially <laughs> when I first smelled it. I thought it was like legit, like uh, like like legit bootleg moonshine. Um, we actually pulled that pulled that same bottle out uh for Victor Crowley one too, so things got a little crazy towards the end. But yeah, that stuff, that white lightning is it, it, it ain't no joke. Mm-hmm. Listen to some George Jones and watch horror movies. There you go. There we go. That's pretty it's, good. It's $70 Steven for Tyler Bell. PJs. Yeah. $70 for Taco Bell? It was like, after that son-in-law, it was the three of us that was on that podcast. I think it was like $66 was that receipt. I, I couldn't believe it. I don't oh even know what the God. hell we ordered. I don't even know if we ate it all or not. It was just we're just crunch wraps. Just a, just a drunk mess. Oh, there was definitely crunch wraps and uh, <laughs> cheesy gordita crunches. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, and that sounds like a party. In there? No, no chalupas. I think the cheese is greedy to crunch. Kind of, uh, kind of compensates for that. Oh no, six Baja blasts. <laughs> yeah. No, knowing us, we probably got diet diet Pepsi's. Cause we're trying yeah. to wash our figure after sixty seven dollars <laughs> for the taco. Yeah, because yeah, that'll it'll balance out. Yeah, or... yeah, it does. It totally it does, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, glad to have you, Mikey. It's like uh, it's, but it doesn't feel like it's your first time coming on. It feels like you're an old friend. So ha- happy Absolutely. to have you. Thank you. All That's right. actually what I like about your show too is even when I don't like I wasn't buying any movies, I was still listening just because I just love the banter between you and Bob. I appreciate that. Yeah, we are definitely authentic. Like we're just we're just talking nerd like we do anywhere we're at. Even when we're not <laughs> recording, we're we're just talking the same bullshit. Yeah, I promise. Which, by the way, you can't you can't see this, but Mikey's background is 
presumably his blue room. Would you call it? Would would it be yeah. the equivalent yeah. to Bob's well, blue room? He did a pan room? around before you got on. Yeah, yeah, it's a, uh, it's definitely the room. I thought about turning off the lights oh, and just having the, the candy corn lights on, but I don't think you would be able to see me. Mike, yeah. I feel like you yeah. should give us your address just in case something falls over. We need to call the. <laughs> like, yeah. He's at this address. I'm, we need you now. I'm totally not going to drive over there in the next 35 yeah, minutes and loot your house. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. My my address is six nine six nine Candy Corn Lane. Oh, there you <laughs> go. Yeah. He's but, also uh, got Funko Pops, which are dope. By the yeah, way, yeah, it's not just it's not just movies. You've got collectibles as well. <laughs> but honestly, y'all, the collection behind Mikey right now is colossal. It yep. is like unreal. It's, it's like two two full walls just packed to the gills with with blue and Blu-ray cases. I mean, it's it's unreal. I'm running out of space here. I'm uh I'm actually in a mid I'm in the middle of reorganizing and pulling some of these blues down that I have like 4K copies of now, and I'm gonna put them in a bin and hopefully that will buy me some more time until I you know buy a mansion. <laughs> I have a yard sale. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you I got another month yeah. coming up at no, the just end, like, right? Just the copies. Yeah, just duplicates. Yeah. I, actually, I, won... I would buy some duplicates from you. Okay. I won your first raffle. You did? Yes, okay. Yeah, I won the first raffle, actually. They sent me like five DVDs or Blu-rays and, and a 4K. That's awesome. Yeah. Sent me Roadhouse. That. <laughs> oh, shit. Was that the... Yeah, it wasn't was that, that the... new joint. It was, a it was the, Shell Factory, the Shell Factory one. I think so, yeah. Not that new, new... Oh, he just reaches right over and has it. I think like sixty dollars. That thing's I sweet. I wanted to buy it recently, but it's expensive. It's a it's a great release. It's it's also oh, look great how massive movie. it is. Yeah, it's that's what she said. That's what she said. Oh, of course, yeah. it opens up. That is nice. It's a great it's a great addition. They did that. Was right. it directed by Rob Zombie? Ah, <laughs> John got it in that time. Forced it in there. That's why it's so good. <laughs> That's yeah. weird. I'm going to move on. <laughs> anyway. Okay. All right. So, John, speaking of new news, do you have any new news for us? I do. Uh, welcome to Dairy. You've heard about this show? It's welcome the to Dairy. Prequel oh. to it. Uh, so that I guess the origins uh, Pennywise has found a home on HBO Max. Uh, it's in pre-production right now. So they're working on it. So you said Dairy and I heard Moo. Yeah. I was it's like, okay, about kids that are lactose intolerant. I don't have a main accent, so um, <laughs> welcome to Deary. Deary. No, I think I'm it's sure dairy. It is dairy. It's just it's a it's a homonym. So I, okay. you know, I thought it was like there was, there was rumors for a while about that, but I know that that article is basically confirming it. Like now it's definitely it's definite it's definitely found a home on HBO, and I believe mm. it's being done by like J.J. Abrams Production Company. I'm I'm mm. not positive about that, but. I remember early on hearing that he had something to do with it. Yeah, Bloody Disgusting didn't give a lot of details on it, but it is in pre-production and it it has found a home. So I don't know. I liked I liked the It movie, the the remake, and It Chapter Two was just like shit. I it, I I thought it was just way too CGI. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? Yeah, I I just I like I'll I'll I. I'm going to wait and see what people think about Welcome to Dairy before I jump in on it. Um, it's a series, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess it's going to be uh, three mini movies. Uh, kind of like what they did with Fear Street. Oh, okay. Well, well that's I, might, cool. I might watch that because I can't commit to like a TV series, but like a little, 
you know, limited thing of three I yeah. could I could do. But I don't know. Like, I just don't. Do we need an origin story for Pennywise? I mean, I feel like no. the way Stephen King handles it in the book is like, you know, just enough given, but not too much. It's still mysterious and kind of this ancient cosmic thing. And like, do we do we need it? What, I don't know. What I would be interested in seeing is just more like not don't focus on it itself, but maybe, you know, it's in that town and like kind of what it does to the town of Derry itself, like what it, you know, how, cause like there's other creepy things going on in that town as well. And we don't know if some of those things are just because that entities live there for that long. You know what I mean? So like, well, I isn't the there's other things it, going on in that like, town, like murderers and stuff yeah, like that. It's like every other 36 years too, or so. every 35 years that this, it thing will come back right so but the town's of- not just like normal right after you know what i mean like there's still right. all this trauma and like i don't know i just said uh, there's more tale to tell if you were just going to focus on the town itself and less on it but either way mm-hmm. i mean it feels a little bit like i don't know well, I, I think they could make this work okay, because right. it's like like as as much as i liked x i actually liked pearl a little bit more because so it just I. gave that background story um previous so i mean if they go through a a time progression of what pennywise did that would be interesting yeah so hydroberg i agree with you it does feel like a cash grab but that doesn't necessarily mean it'll be bad so um hbo in my experience has a history of like pretty high quality series and i usually enjoy anything produced by you know hbo so I, I feel like I would give it a try, you know. Yeah. Uh, what, what about if, you, what Mikey? If, I would definitely give it a try. I I'm also immediately when I when I heard that news, I thought the same as you know. Do we really need this? If this is really necessary, but maybe they, like you said, it only comes back every thirty five years or so. So maybe it'll be one of those kind of things, like you know, with I mean, that's a whole generation of, you know, people living in that town. It could be kind of like uh, I was thinking like Nightmare on Elm Street, how mm-hmm. the kids were experiencing Freddy for the first time. And their parents were like, <laughs> they knew they knew the past and they try to keep it a secret. So maybe yeah. it could be something like that. That's so a, that's I a mean, good analogy, I think. Yeah, yeah I'm definitely I'm definitely going to watch it and give it a try. And the fact that it's on HBO and, you know, not a Hulu or Netflix show, it definitely gives me more hope that you know, the quality will be there rather than this. Hopefully it's not just a cash grab. I think yeah. that's a smart play actually to just go a little bit uh, subdued and less on the, it. you know, or maybe, maybe Pennywise is like a milkman and it's like, welcome to dairy. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe Wait, they'll uh... second to follow you there, Hyderabad, but you got, me, you, you got me where you were going. You brought me along. Maybe, I was thinking maybe because, you know, in the movie, they, they saw the, the photos on the wall. Yeah, they showed how like mm. you know how that well, that's why he's a clown. He took the form of you know the the circus wrangler or whatever it was. Maybe they'll go into a story like that. Yeah, or like the articles in the library too. Like they're all the stuff in the past that's happened. Mm. That'd be yeah. interesting. Though, like what the town's mm-hmm. like after he's been around and how they you know I don't know just go on about their lives after that. And like you said, the cover up of the next generation not telling the youth about yeah. it. Well, cool. Hyderberg, to your point about the other people in the town, there are so many like kind of extra characters in the novel yeah. that were introduced to that I feel like there's already kind of material there that you could go into. Yeah. Um, that's kind of like there and ready, ready to to work with. But you know, I, I listen, I'm not the the screenwriter or the producer or whatever. So like 
And if it's like the Fear Streets, maybe it is like the way Mikey says, like it'll be generational. Maybe the first episode will be about a certain portion of the town or like dealing with it. And then maybe it'll skip ahead 10 or 20 years. And then like, yeah, we'll get closer to like the initial, um, like, I don't know, the um, the arrival of it in the known universe yeah. that you're familiar with. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's okay. a good point. Yeah, like get three different 37 year intervals. Yeah, there. yeah. that could be cool. Something like that. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, this is for our buddy Mikey, because he's part of Let's Get Physical Media. If you love the movie Megan, plans for a sequel have already been planned. And the Blu-ray is coming out March uh, 21st. It's going to be unrated. Oh, nice. okay. I'm a, little, I'm a little curious about that. He's going to do a little strip tease. <laughs> Who, me or Megan? No, Megan in the unrated. Oh, okay. Oh. Oh. And Mikey, that's the special feature on the DVD. Yes, they hired me for a strip tease. I mean, I, I mean, you got nice legs, Mike. I'm not gonna lie. I'm so excited. Oh, thanks. I just can't hide it. I've seen you doing them deadlifts, bro. I know you got nice legs. I no, think man, Megan... it's I'm more of a squatter. But go ahead. <laughs> oh, I think bad. the uh, I think the unrated version of Megan is also already available on Peacock now. Is it really? Yeah, yeah I, I think it came that. out just a few days, like three or four days ago. Oh, okay. So it's there it now if you want to watch it, which I'm glad about because I did not get around to seeing that one in the theater. It was just not high on my priority list. Um, so, so now it'll be a lot easier for me to watch. It's honestly. unrated. Does that mean it has like R-rated? Even though it's not rated, it's technically like R-rated content? Yeah, probably more gore. Yeah. Yeah, I read that it's more gore, but I don't know like if it would like exceed an R-rating or not. I got you. I don't yeah, know. I, I saw it in theater and I didn't I didn't realize that it was PG-13 until we got out of the theater. And I think that's what that's the, one of the main reasons why that movie wasn't all that. I think it was I thought it was fine, but I thought it would have been a whole lot better if they actually had. If they kind of pushed the envelope a little bit with that. Did you notice lack of gore in the PG-13 version? Yeah, there is a lack of gore. There's there's really not a lot of nothing going on, like with the kills. There's nothing. There was nothing really significant, like when I look back at it, nothing that I actually remembered. There's violence, but it's implied more than it is shown. And then oh, there's yeah. some there's some violence where uh, like certain people don't die, but you think they're going to die. You know what I mean? Um, so I feel like they're pulling, you know, like playing it a little safe. I do think for inclusion's sake, it's a good entry level horror film for like someone who say like 14, 15. That's not necessarily like totally into the genre. This is that type of film I feel like they could get into. I'll always suggest Poltergeist. I think that's a good one. Poltergeist? Good John, yes. your favorite Poltergeist. film that we've ever covered? Poltergeist. Poltergeist. It's a good entry entry <laughs> horror film for any any newcomer. Watch Absolutely. Poltergeist. No. Poltergeist. Jesus. John's zero that, out of Do you own 10 that, Mikey? Music. I I do own that. Bob <laughs> so actually I. got that for me for... I think he got it for me for one of our first Christmases. That <laughs> oh. Friends. And you guys are yeah. still friends after. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Mm. Oh yeah. Our, oh our, thank our you, Trauma. Got stronger and stronger. <laughs> oh my god. You know. Uh, you okay, it. so uh, actually, I got to thank Hydroberg for this one. Cocaine Bear doing pretty good at the box office. It made. Uh, let's see here. Twenty-eight point four million dollars, even though it was going up against Atman and Wasp. Is it Quantumania? Yeah. So obviously that's going to be the number one movie. However, 
there's a little bad news that it didn't make its budget back in that first week, but it probably will in the coming weeks. It's getting good word of so. mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's talking about it. You guys seen it yet? Any of you? Uh-uh. Not yet. I heard a lot of people that have seen it want to go see it again and again and again. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the reviews I've heard without any spoilers, because I, I, I don't want to get spoiled by it, even though it's, like a stupid premise uh it's just a fun dumb horror movie gory sometimes sometimes that's all we need yeah yeah plus it's like ray Liotta's is like one of his last films so you, it is yeah you, you do gotta um, watch that i heard yeah. elizabeth banks might actually if this does well she was talking about directing another film that's about a shark ingesting a bunch of cocaine <laughs> i'm not lying bloody disgusting actually had this uh th this idea of doing a mockumentary type thing of it and it's the uh crackhead uh alligator or something like oh crackhead crocodile meth, meth. The meth oh crackhead crocodile. oh i thought it was meth gator uh, maybe it's that might have been that i don't know I, I i looked at it and i'm like oh that's so stupid it, it, it's like what we talked about last week with or a couple weeks ago about spinning off from winnie the pooh blood oh, no. and honey Oh, I God. think a meth gator is like a I think that's a funny idea because there's lots of little in jokes there, too, because it's based in Florida. The gators like a meth gator. Meth's very, you know, big in, in the south. I don't know. That could be funny, actually. Sorry. <laughs> for well, well, bam. Uh, excuse me, Hydroburg. Yeah. Now, hold Bambi, on. The ref retribution of, her of Bambi killing all the hunters. Uh, you know, that, that could be funny, too. God. That's a film. <laughs> God. There Isn't you that go. so stupid? Oh, no, that's the Peter that's... Pan movie that we're going to be seeing. <clears throat> oh, God. I will not be seeing any of those. Although, if I guess I'm going to have to watch Winnie the Pooh. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Apparently, you're going to. I guess so. Perhaps. Anyway, I think I'll need to, you know, have a drink or two. Mm. Or six. Lord. All right. That's well, all is, we got. Is that, that it for sorry. news? Okay. Yep. Yeah, we're uh, can I give a shout out real quick before we get yeah. rolling? Yeah, so I'd like to give you. a shout out yeah, to two podcasts that we've made friends with over the year uh, year or two. Um, congrats, I want to say, to 100 Horrors on their 100th episode. They just yeah. it. They did a live show. Um, they're in the UK, so otherwise, you know, we can't go there, but it, it, it looked like a blast. Um, so congratulations to them. And congratulations to Give Me Back My Action in Horror Movies. But they also just recently hit an anniversary. They hit their two-year mark for their podcast. Nice. So, awesome. Uh, congrats to both of them. Friends of the God, show. Those are great shows. I, I really enjoy those shows. And um, I wouldn't have heard about them if it weren't for Spoils of Horror, our, our other good friends. So, But nothing's kind of... better than Let's Get Physical Media. Right, Mikey? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Talking 4Ks and Blu-rays all day. All day. <laughs> I'm glad you took over as host, too, because you kill it. Yeah, Bob oh, sucks. Thank no, you. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all. No, it's no, been nice to actually hear fun. you as the host. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Well, thank you. I feel like because Bob hosts straight chilling already, so to hear you kind of like pick up the slack for him, so he can kind of just sit back on this one, and like I think that's cool. Yeah, that was the whole idea of it. It was a, it was, it's, it's definitely been a fun adjustment. I, uh, like, I definitely had to learn some things, a couple tricks, as in like you know, just talk slower and clearer, you know, articulate my words better so people can understand what I'm saying, um, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, it's been fun. Well, that's cool. why we have Jacqueline as our host. I was just going to say for guys had to fill in 
for Jacqueline a couple of times. I get it, bro. I feel your pain. Yeah. Hydroberg, yeah. you you do great when you fill in as host. Yeah, you do. Okay. You absolutely yeah. do. You do a great job. You do. He does. Thank you. All right. You do. Well, you guys oh, ready God. to talk about Slumber Party Massacre Part 2? Yes. Electric Boogaloo? John, you're shaking your head. What's that? A yes? John yes. is not ready. That's a yes. I think John should go first for everything tonight. <laughs> so John <laughs> No, he Hydroberg picked it. No, this or no, was it you? No, it's my pick. Oh, it's Jacqueline, pick. why why did you pick this movie? Uh well, this so this is our final week in Women in Horror Month. So, well, you know, I'm kind of sad to say goodbye to it, but <clears throat> as Nicole put it last week so eloquently, you know, we can we can celebrate women and acknowledge women and all the great work they do in horror all year round. So it doesn't have to be just uh, just this month. But I I kind of noticed that we were kind of staying on this sort of kind of serious side of the genre with our previous picks this week or this month. I'm sorry. Um, They're mostly kind of sort of like drama horror kind of films. And there was nothing like lighthearted in there. And so I was like, what slashers are there? Do we have any slashers or anything that's just like kind of fun? And so I thought about, um, you know, the Slumber Party Massacre franchise. And I realized that Straight Chilling was getting ready to do the first Slumber Party Massacre uh, around this time. And so I thought, well, let's just do Slumber Party Massacre Part 2. Also uh, written and directed by a woman, just like the first one. So let's just do like a little kind of tag team almost. They're going to do Part 1, so we'll do Part 2. And everybody can have a little slumber party massacre smorgasbord this month. So that's more or less how it happened. So <laughs> Is that okay with you, John? Movie... You look upset. <laughs> does this movie fuck or suck? So I think that, you know, Stephen from Spoils of Horror has said many times you need to rate a movie for like what it is. So like you can't compare Poultry Geist with hereditary because that's comparing apples and oranges so like what is this movie it's like a, a a comedy slasher horror slasher horror comedy sort of musical it's a melange of things really mm. uh, <laughs> i just forgot like the little hmm mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> so for what this movie is it's trying to be a fun light-hearted slasher horror comedy musical and so in that regard i think it's it's like a it's sort of like a quirky little fuck that you think isn't gonna do anything for you but by the end you're like bye that was pretty enjoyable so quirky little fuck is what i say mikey is that a new meter now yes quirky little fuck fuck. right in the middle (laughs) yeah so mikey what do you say oh i uh i'm 100 percent uh, on the fuck train with this one. <laughs> this is this is I I really I thoroughly enjoy this movie. Um, I remember when when Shutter had it had it on for the longest time and it would be on Shutter TV. Uh, I remember at the time when I was working at my previous job. I during meetings being at home. I I think I watched it four times in one week. Mm-hmm. Oh, I enjoyed mm-hmm. I enjoyed it every single time. Well, you know what that makes me think of, though, uh, just to add on a little note here, <clears throat> I I do remember. So this was my second time watching it. I first saw it when Joe Bob did his uh, his 
show about it. Um, I don't remember when that happened. It was in the past year or season two. Season two. Okay, season two. Yeah, because I watched it today on Joe Bob's. Okay. And did you watch it during the live watch party that Street Chillin' had? I did, yeah. Yeah, because I was there for that too. And so that was really kind of like, you know, in a virtual way, watching it in a group setting. And that was one of my most fun movie watching experiences ever. So the the movie was very like high in my my memory. I will say this time around, I I kind of felt like I didn't enjoy it as much. And I think it's because I just watched it by myself. And that's, you know, not as not as, the, this kind of movie, I think, really begs to be watched with a group. So I will say that. It's better for it's better it's it's better as a group fuck there you go <laughs> i agree with you with that one yes. season okay. two by the way joe is it two okay. yeah okay. i thought it was three i because okay. yeah so good so john what about you i i feel like i have a guess but do do you think this movie fucks or sucks <laughs> uh boy uh it, it's a double-edged sword um like you said, Jacqueline, if you have a group of friends around, it's that kind of, hey, this is a fun fuck. But watching it by yourself, uh, it sucks. This movie sucks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. All right. Understood. So very environment dependent. It, it really is. Because you could have a good time like laughing and, and, you know, just, oh, did you see that? You know, I, I I get what you're saying, Jacqueline. I, it, it's there are certain parts of it where it's just like it's not taking itself too seriously, but there are yeah. other parts where it's like it's really trying to take itself seriously, and you're just like, come on, just go with the flow on this one. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. It's I, I. It's actually kind of rare that we're polarized even on fucks or sucks. We got Mikey firmly in the fuck category, and John pretty firmly in the suck. Yeah, category. Well, I mean, if if that's how you're going to watch it by yourself, that's fine. I mean, th- th- that's what I would say. So it's a okay. we have a melange of fucks. Melange, melange of fucks. Hydroberg, what kind of fuck, if any, is this for you? It's not. Um, like it's bad not- music playing <laughs> during awkward sex. This film sucks. <laughs> Dang. And I did watch it in a party setting. I, I can see why it's better in a party setting. Yeah. But as we get into my review, there's a good portion of this film that's just fucking. It's boring. It's just boring. There's nothing much going on in the very beginning. Okay. True. Okay. All right. Well, John, can you drop that spoiler warning for us so that we can spoil it? Uh, I've seen two. Is it from 1987? Yes. yes. Okay. Okay. So we're going to be talking about Slumber Party Massacre 2 from 1987 in its entirety. If you have not seen this movie, make sure you pause the podcast and then come back to find out what we thought about it. Yes, sir. Hydroberg. Do you have the ever popular reach around for us? Yeah, I got a rockabilly reach around for you. I'm ready for this. <laughs> this is going to be good. All right, ready? All right. Courtney Bates, a traumatized survivor, has eyes on Matt, a hunky bachelor. Wants a normal teenage life, putting her trauma past her. Plans a trip with some bandmates that turns into a disaster. Another sleepover to rival the last. Just some frisky young women having a blast. Till a murdering musician from Courtney's past makes this slumber party everyone's last. Courtney, she dreams with Matt of a roll in the hay, ultimately afraid to go all the way. The killer wants to drill her and slay her a leg, a guitar-wielding killer quenching his thirst. Out from Matt's chest, dead his tool burst. Gallon after gallon, the blood it does squirt. He just wants to give you the tip. I mean, how much could it hurt? <laughs> a killer that drives, it's driven by blood and his lust. 
With this tool of destruction in your face, you will thrust. Breaking off into song and a dance is a must. Now Courtney can't tell what senses she trusts. One by one, her friends meet their grisly ends. A slumber party massacre all over again. With this tool of murder, he can't wait to fill her. No ordinary thriller, an organ spiller, otherwise known as a driller killer. So yeah, good. That. That so good job. Who laughed? That was I a did. good one. That was but me. I was muted. Yeah. I, that, that was me. I'm I, sorry. I think John and I both laughed at the same part. The, 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 yeah, the, I uh, just give I was going to warn you. Like, just the tip. A, that was a good one. That, that was, was good. really good. Hydro, so, was that a fun one to write? Yeah, it was. Look, this is a funny movie. It's like, I, I didn't watch it like, oh my God, I hate this. But I didn't enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I enjoy this parts of it that I think are well made. I think there's a better movie there. So this this film has more personality than the first film, right? But I like the slasher parts of the first one. It gets the first one gets going right away and it's a true grit as Bob would say meat and potato slasher, right? Like yeah. there's slashing right from the very beginning. There's POV shots and stalking of the girls. With this film, it, there's so much build up to when we finally do get uh, the killer to show and start killing people. I just feel it's like an hour into the film before anything really happens. Right. And, and I'm going to say that, that the music choices sucked throughout this movie because there was this oh. nice romantic music of seeing what's her name. Courtney, Courtney, Courtney laying in bed and, you know, see skin and stuff like this. And this is a female director of like, like, like her hair spread out and stuff like that. I mean, who doesn't love the eighties when you had LA gear, high rise jeans and big hair. John, you didn't like the the lyrics stylings of, I got a penthouse at the Ritz. I bought it all with my hits. You didn't like that. Dude, those fucking puns are terrible. (laughs) So I, I'd like to jump in and defend this a little bit. Um, so I didn't, I, I didn't watch the first one leading up to this. I've seen it, but I it's did, been, the it's, boys covered it. I know you did. And I, I kind of thought you would. And I, and I actually wanted to, and I just really didn't have time to. So I thought, oh, I hope this isn't a detriment that I didn't just immediately before this watch the first slumber party massacre again. Um, and so I, I wasn't in that mind frame where I was trying to compare them. So I was really just watching this kind of in isolation. For me, I'll defend the beginning by saying two things. One, yeah, the killer doesn't show up and start killing and, you know, drilling until like an hour in. But we do see quite a few like nightmare visions that she's having leading up to that, which I think is like a little foretaste of what's going to come and kind of gets you on edge right from the get go that like, oh, something wrong is going on here. You know, something's going on in her mind. Um, It's not just like all peaches and rainbows up until the driller killer arrives it's like we're getting little steps along the way like telling us that there's something else going on and also just in terms of the kind of slow lead up in the first you know chunk of the movie i would say for me that was just like a delicious soak in the 80s it was just like soaking in all the 80s hair and makeup and clothes and cars and decor and music it was just like I was just like really um, enjoying being transported back for a little while and thinking about LA gear and the Stonewall. I didn't hate, like, you're right. Like, I do like the whole band thing and then like the girls getting together and going on their road trip. And, um, you know, I don't expect the characters to be super compelling because it's an 80s slasher. Like, I get it. It's a, you know, it's, it's, it's like a parody a little bit too. Um, I do think that the Driller Killer is an interesting character and I would have liked to see more of him. You're right. There's, 
there's those dream sequences that I like that Courtney's like a through line between like it ties in the first one. I like that. Like she's got some trauma. Her sister has even worse being like the sole survivor of the older girls. And she's in an asylum and it's like a secret. She doesn't tell anybody. Everybody thinks that that her sister's in college and but she's really just in an asylum as far as we know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and, like Courtney's dreams are plagued by the driller killer and his fancy footwork while she's hiding under the, the bed. Um, I just, I don't know. Like, so she has these dreams of this killer, but then her dreams aren't of the killer from the original one. It's from a, it's a new guy. It's a new variation, which I get. It's sort of like a, um, she's into music. So I feel like it's, it's part of her mind making this new killer. And it, that's where I get a little confused. And we could talk about that further on. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> Is this a manifestation of her psyche? Did it? Did any of it happen? Yeah. So can I can I offer my? Theory? I have a theory too. Yeah. Oh well, you go first. Hey, you can go. I just. What about Mikey? Thoughts, buddy. Uh, I, I I I'm I'm listening to you guys, and I how how can any of you guys hate Tokyo Convertible? They say <laughs> that song. That's, that's, a, that's, that's like, a like, dude. I wish. It's it's like one of the to me I'll probably get body bagged for this one but I think that that is one of the most like one of the best original songs for a movie especially in a low budget movie like this is that I, an original get, song or is it from the eighties it's 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 an original song supposedly because like you can't oh, okay. get it on Spotify you can't yeah. get it on Apple you, the only way you can listen to it completely is on uh, YouTube you can only YouTube it you read the comments too people are just you know irate about the fact that you can't. You well, that, know, pop this into your car and listen to Tokyo Convertible. That makes sense because this is a Corman film. So, like, they go super cheap. There's no way they were going to license out real music if it costs a lot of money. So it makes yeah. sense. Just like our prom night episode on the cheap, they made their own music to kind of sound like. It yeah, sounded like yeah. hits of the day, but was yeah. different enough. Sound like to one of the shittier hits from the day, if you don't mind me yeah. saying so. My <laughs> well, Joe Bob actually mentioned that. He said that, that there was a band that was formed and. Yeah. They broke up and then they they made all this music. So so back to the metaphor and what we think the killer is. I I think so. I was watching and I'm like, is this all a metaphor for her for like losing her virginity and the pressures of like sex as a teenager? The image and thought of a penis and penetration being alarming and possibly terrifying to a young woman coming into adulthood, especially one that has trauma from her past involving a killer with a drill. Right. And. Courtney consistently dreams of her high school crush, Matt, who she's attracted to and wants to have sex with. Um, and then it's always like the warning sign is don't go all the way right from her sister. And it's like he's and then her her lover is transformed into the driller killer in all these nightmares. At some point, he normally turns into him. Um, so it's like the embodiment of 80s masculinity, leather clad rocker with a phallic instrument of death. And it's just like, I don't know. Um it's like whose penetration would kill your virginity and essentially leave you in pain and bleeding. Like, so it's sort of like it wraps up all the essence of this film, the blood, the gore, the, the fear of, uh, of a killer with a drill. And I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not yeah. a, I'm not a young girl from the eighties though. So I don't know. What? My face. Get off yeah. I, I, I think they were all scared of guys having 46 inch drill bit auger bits at the end of a guitar that would be so crazy because women nowadays are so into that so it's like how the tables have i know i can't imagine my sex life without it yeah without an auger bit i know i tell me about it (laughs) oh hell yeah not one of those anymore (laughs) hydraberg i think that you're you're really on to something about this 
um killer being brought on but with like there's an association with sex um i i definitely think so and i was thinking along the same lines as you too it's like anxiety about sex especially since she's already been victimized like not sexually victimized but she was traumatized from the events of the first movie um you know she's having nightmares her sister's institutionalized i could see that um however i might like i had like an epiphany like when the when the credits rolled uh, at the end of the movie and i wrote down two questions is courtney actually the killer follow-up question was this movie an inspiration for high tension (laughs) oh shit yeah i don't know but anyway so yeah i just because i i've always thought along the same lines that oh he's like he's part of her psyche the driller killer is part of courtney's psyche um but somehow it becomes reality like freddy krueger that might but explain I the get, ending too when she's in the bed in the asylum in the, and then the yeah. drill comes through the floor one more time yeah but it's just suddenly it just hit me suddenly when i finished watching it um just this time around i was like wait is she the killer like well, it, did it, it, she manifest this killer in that like it is her like it's really her because she survives it and she could have totally killed all of her friends well, that that for me would have been a better show, not tell. I would have made a better movie because the continuity of the visions that she's having is from the first movie. However, that, you know, they splice in, they do these jump cuts of like the new killer, you know, rocking on his guitar singing throughout the movie. So, and you know how I, I like feel that about opening. singing in movies. I do know how you, I, I know how you love it. Yeah. I did like the opening too. Like it's like a serene, calming sort of opening with mm-hmm. the her bed sheets. And then we it. get, it's interrupted by like. You hated it? images of the deaths i thought it was a good way to get us back up to speed on what happened in the first one you know and like why yeah but but there there was no continuity with it i mean like you said heidelberg there there's it's not the same killer and and well having the rockabilly guy show up is the problem but on multiple occasions they said well you don't like danny's just the guy that was supposed to have died and he, he came back but he's got a guitar and he looks like andrew dice clay he does he looks like tone he looks like danny zuko with eyeliner that's Which I'm a, into for that too, but the the the, the killer that's in the from Greece. You anti-musical like people. I know who it was. I just and then know. how did he learn guitar? <laughs> he took and lessons in the past five years. He's been taking lessons, John. Apparently, yeah, pay attention. He's not playing a lot of guitar, John. So, um, I do like. Uh, can we just touch on Courtney's teased bangs because they're bitching. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm telling you, it's this uh, also, like wonderful '80s um, stew you get to soak she's in. She's played by Crystal Bernard, who I know from the sitcom Wings. As soon as I saw her, I did the oh, fucking. Is that Leo what she's from? I was like, she's from Wings. I could not place it. I'm like, who <laughs> yeah. is this woman? Ahead, she Mikey. has really small feet. Have you? Did you guys notice that with her little white oh. Reeboks on? Every time I watch the movie, especially when she's uh when she's like playing guitar, like in the band feet? scenes, she has like literally she's like size three feet. Well, now we know what Mikey's fetish is. Oh boy! <laughs> How does she not I fall guess over? Her feet. <laughs> I don't know. It's because it's there's so many there's so many points of the movie where they like they they they, they, they do, show actually. like like in the beginning too. Like remember after she leaves the house, uh, her friends picking her up. They zoom down on her feet because there's a dead pigeon just sitting in the on the sidewalk yeah. out of nowhere. I, for one, was looking at the pigeon. I there's no payoff to that pigeon. What was that supposed to signify? Was that like was yeah, it no like an omen? I thought it was like, no. Yeah, actually, like a, what a it was is, was that yeah, a when she was pigeon? having the nightmare that actually flashed on the screen. So I mean, it was like, 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 like a don't go there. Well, yeah, there's she, a death she, curse. She, 
she was ha <laughs> she's having a premonition of like things that are coming up. But like I said, the continuity was some of the previous movie and then some of this movie, they showed you the kills that were going to happen later in the movie. They do. Like, so you were mentioning earlier, like, oh, well, she has these dream sequences, which could be cool, except they're all intercut, like John said, with an entire scene that happens later on that they just cut up into the dream sequence. They didn't right. film any extra new scenes. They cut up that scene of him going like this constantly, like pulling you back with his hands, like to come hither. And then we yeah. finally see that scene later played from a different angle. So yeah, it's like it's a foretaste of what's to come. I guess. I don't know. I, I would have preferred to see her dreaming more about the old murders and what she experienced and her trauma than her being like this like prophet. Also. But maybe and, that points to her being the killer. Yeah, you're right. If that was if. OK, uh, I could see yeah. that. Um there's just not enough in this film to to really push you in that direction, though, that she would be. The I know type. it's like a subtle. Like I said, I've you know I had to see it twice before I even had the thought. But I just and I don't I don't I don't even think that was really the intention. But I think that's a really fun way to read it. That makes me I happy. Was, so that's how I'm going to read it. I feel I, like Mike's seen this film more than any of us. So like, what do you think, man? Oh, it's just like like in the beginning of the movie, she was having the dreams with you know her sister in the asylum. Which yeah. I, I was watching it before this. And I noticed too, like her sister had like a, a giant piss stain in the middle of the bed. She that was did. Funny. I yeah, it was just a giant stain. And that stain there later bed. when she's in the asylum. Yeah, so this is the old reused bed sheet. But but uh, she kept on having that dream. And one thing too, like to, to connect the dots is like before she left to go outside and like walk into the pigeon. Remember, she pulls out the book uh, under her bed. It's like the scrap sheet book, and it was the. The articles that she cut out of like exactly what happened what five yeah. years ago or whatever when she when she was traumatized yep. um and like to the point too with all the weird dreams she was probably just i mean she's haunted by it obviously she's always dreaming about it she's always thinking about it and then she's oh and remember too like uh before the before they leave for the trip she was she when she went to bed she had headphones on so she, she probably did. listened to a lot of her her rock music while having these dreams. So that's probably yeah. why it meshes up to having the crazy ass uh, rock and roll driller killer. That makes sense. And she probably watched Nightmare on Elm Street right before she went to bed, or at least the director of this film did. I, I mean, some of the scene, the damn bathtub scene, I was, th I had like Wes Craven vibes. I was waiting the, for the drill to right? come out in between her legs. Yeah. 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 <laughs> kind of glad they didn't do that. But. So my and Jacqueline, I, I, oh. I can jump on board of what you're saying of her possibly being the killer if her bass or if her guitar was red. Yeah, it was like teal. Yeah, because it's blue. Yeah, in the back. Like, yeah. yeah blue. Teal, yeah. I'm a little that been, yeah, that would actually have been a pretty interesting call sign to say, oh, wait a minute. Like, I, I'm connecting the dots now. Yeah. Mikey, what do you think about the killer? Do you think this is like just a manifestation of her uh, like traumatized mind? Or do you think I, it could be her as the killer? Or what do you think? I never thought what you said about maybe it could have been her the whole time. You just they just don't really show it. Like yeah. it would have been cool, like at the end of the movie, that you know she gets away and she's really like she'll have like a weapon in her hand that shows it was like her the whole time, and it was just yeah. you know they're they're showing you a driller killer, but really it was it was Corey the whole time. I think that would have been a really cool ending. I mean, you're probably right because like like you said that she's she ends up in the asylum at the end of the movie, so maybe she did go crazy, or maybe they just didn't believe what she was saying. How she was she made mm -hmm. up this make believe guy with a with a drill guitar 
killed all her yeah. friends. Yeah, because yeah, of course a, that sounds ridiculous. But and she didn't friends. suffer really any injuries. Um, so I had yeah. thought the same thing. Yeah, that, she, that she the had cops, everybody else's blood on her. Yeah, the, the, the cops would go, hey, you're the only one that survived, and this other guy's not around, so we're going to put you in an insane, uh, insane asylum because we think you killed them. Yeah, well, and also, there's... I'm sorry, Hatchberg, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, there's also that weird moment when everything's kind of winding down where the friend Amy is on the stretcher and Amy opens her eyes and then she laughs and it's the voice, which almost makes it sound like, oh, it's like a possession type thing. So yeah. maybe and then she, she wakes possessed. up in the asylum, right? Yeah, maybe she was possessed with the spirit of the driller killer and she and that made her the killer. Yeah. No, she actually and wakes up in bed. She wakes up in bed with her boyfriend, Matt. And um, oh yeah, that's right. And then he turned. I thought into... that was a dream. It was. I know, but the, this I, I'm saying the scene it after... makes you think that the killings were all a dream. That she's still in bed with Matt, and then she kisses him, and he turns into the driller killer again, and then she wakes up in the asylum, right? And then the drill yeah. comes through. Yeah. yeah. Um. So there are threads that make it seem like maybe she could have been the killer. Like for a large majority of the the a large portion of the film she's just imagining things right like she nobody sees what she sees and they want to believe her but she seems schizo and then at some point there's a turn in the film where literally the killer just manifests and everybody can see him which could point to like oh what if it was her chasing everybody around but it doesn't make sense continuity wise because then there's scenes where she's trapped with somebody and we're like oh we'll just wait till daytime and then we'll sneak out together it's like he just manifested himself in your car while you Jeff was driving and he yeah. murdered Jeff while he was driving. But you could also say the same thing about high tension. I guess, which th there's a problem with that movie. Yeah, also, that, those that, scenes yeah, that, that is when a you problem. Start connecting the dots. It's, it's, well, there's it's, a problem it's, when there's only one vehicle, you know? Yeah. Um, I love the vehicle scene too. Cause there's a moment where he kills Jeff and he's got, um, He's got Rose. the flower in his eye. Yeah. yeah. And he looks at her and she looks at him and just mimes the words, bitch. And then he just goes <laughs> with his tongue, like fucking licking motion. And I was just like, that scene just, it took me out of it, but also made me laugh. So I was like still in it at the same time. Cause I was just like the funny, just her miming bitch. Like she took the time to do that. instead of just running out of the car. I, I enjoyed <laughs> the fact that as he was drilling the guy driving the car, that, as the guy was getting killed, he knew better to go, get go to a complete stop and <laughs> park the car. That too. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Like a full stop instead of like swerving, he just yeah. like. Urgh. But the car didn't come to like a rolling stop or yeah, like exactly. A, a slow yeah. Nice stop. Or you know, just crash into a light post. You know what know. most movies would maybe happen. maybe the maybe what happened was that the drill was so long it came through him and hit the brake, so the car stopped. I don't uh, know. Yes. And put in also, and put it in park. Yeah. Is it weird <laughs> that like you're you're a traumatized teen who survived this slumber party massacre, and your idea to go and relax is to go to another fucking slumber party? Oh, like, that and things better. And you, you know she just maybe, wants to live her life. Maybe one thing too that could have fucked them all up. You know how they say sometimes when you eat like certain foods, you can have like nightmares and everything like that. Did you see the smorgasbord of bullshit that those girls were eating when they were getting drunk the first night? Was it cheese sauce that they were eating on their finger? Yeah, it was a corn dog like tray. Yeah, champagne. I mean, who the hell? Listen, they're like 17. They can digest all that stuff with no problem. Like, we're grownups, so we can't do that anymore. I don't know, Mikey. I can explain, though, that horrible dance sequence that the girls go into that's cringy as fuck. And it ends in all of them 
covered in pillow feathers. It's just corny. One of them. Do women do that when I suppose just take their bras off and, and just have tits out? Because I asked the same thing. I know. Yeah, like, what I happens don't, like, at the slumber party? Okay, well, guys don't party. like we we have we have sleepovers. Yeah, we're not dong swinging. We're like fucking... teenagers. But <laughs> Why we not? We don't lightsaber it. What we each do other, at slumber you know? parties is we we try to go peep on the girls that have their boobs out. We try there, to come exactly. to our slumber parties. Yeah, which is wrong. But who could blame us when you guys have your your boobies out and feathers flying around every? And then we go to different rooms kidding. and think about it later. I was just yeah. That scene just reminded me of a dream sequence in itself. I'm like, this is fucking out of like, they're I feel all like, like it doing was... these 80 dances. Like, it was just so funny. Yeah, that, that moment was very Breakfast Club. But yeah. um, I, I mean, I thought it was just sort of like an unabashed. I thought it was like making fun of the stereotypical, yeah. like the cliche of the the topless pillow yeah. fighting, you know, dancing around scene that like men seem to like fantasize about happening at, at women's slumber yeah. parties. So yeah. I thought it was just 17. kind of poke. Yeah. I thought it was kind yeah. of the girl um, Amy, the woman Amy, the one who's like survives the, the longest with uh, Courtney. She was actually a playmate. She was in Playboy a couple times, but she also had a no nudity clause in her contract for this. Oh, show. you got that from Joe Bob, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, right. which was interesting. Oh, okay. That that was also on my IMDb trivia. Okay. I was like, what are you doing, Hyderberg? Oh, I didn't expect that to be in the IMDb. <laughs> no, it was, but that's okay. Hey, um, Mikey, what do you, what did you think of the music throughout the movie? Like like in, like in entirety. The, like the the girls' bands, like the music that they were singing? Well, just like like throughout. I mean, you said you like the Tokyo driver. Tokyo convertible. Tokyo convertible, uh, bro. Okay. Yeah, they played so that what like about twice the rest of it? in the movie. I thought the rest of it was fun. It's it's definitely very generic '80s type music, especially the rock and all. But man, honestly, it's just that Tokyo convertible. Like, it gets me every single time. <laughs> it really does. Like it's real. It really made a like it really made an impact on me. I love that damn song. I should so put I, that on the intro instead of our regular intro. Can you get it? Probably. So I thought that the girls' music wasn't so bad. Like for a girls' no, 80s, it wasn't. No, it was fine. I thought it was. Yeah, I thought it was great. I what thought I the rock and roll like watching sucked. them play it just was not believable. Like these buzz, people buzz, were buzz. not playing instruments; they were not, they were not singing. Yeah, they're Courtney's uh, bass, like the way she played bass, just looked so unbelievable to me. Um, I thought the guitarist was better, and the singer I disagree. Was... I thought I thought the way they mimicked playing the instruments yeah, was it. actually really good. I thought the drummer was quite good. Yeah, the drummer. I, I, I yes, I actually thought good. all of them did well. The only problem was is they didn't have a pick. They just they were slamming it like it was a bass. Slamming the bass. Slamming the bass. Um, I did love the scene when they're practicing at the condo, and the the bro dudes are just like laying under them on pillows, like rocking out on the floor. That was, it was really crazy. They're, they're mm -hmm. the groupies. Usually the women are the groupies, but now it's the guys. Yep. Mm -hmm. Can we talk about those uh, bro dudes? Yeah, let's talk about the bro. And they show up and they're just like being peeping toms. Um, they're kind of like the two fellas that die in the first one, too. It reminded me so much of that same scene of yeah. just the young kids. But they're just like, first of all, they're, they're embarrassing. They're embarrassing. Uh, TJ is 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 just a total cooter. Um, he's a total <laughs> asshole. That, that's the the, the, the the little guy who was wearing like the leather jacket. Yeah, pool, the leather jacket. Reading the oh, dirty God. book. <laughs> reading the, yeah, the dirty yeah. book. Yeah, um, he's wearing he's wearing his board shorts and wearing a leather jacket. Yeah, trying like to get that wet underneath. off of that that dirty magazine. Uh, what was it? A Wet and Wild or something? Yeah, something like that. Title was. I have it written it was here a, somewhere. It was a it was a smut book. It was one of the it girls was. were reading it, and he grabbed it, it and he started reading it out loud. He's it was like, funny. Are you and like, ready? 
<gasps> Some of the things that he ready? was reading in now? the book sounded like they were mirroring like the killer, like his swollen tool and like stuff like his pulsating drill or whatever it was. Um, yeah. I do love that. There's a moment with TJ where later on he's, he's moaning. He's having sex uh, in the other room with Sheila as Courtney's trying to go to sleep. And uh, we hear TJ moaning and we hear uh, Sheila moaning and Sheila says, uh, you're the, you're fantastic. And he replies, I know. <laughs> so it's like dude like bro bro voice i'll just <laughs> courtney she's just trying to get to that i no really enjoyed is... your reenactment of that yeah, i know oh oh yeah, it's a total surfer and he over exaggerates that voice all right man yeah it's just he's <laughs> killing my buzz dude Whatever, John. You're from San Diego. That's probably I am, but we don't talk like that. Courtney was even having like daydreams about the killer too. Like when they show her eating the, the severed hand sandwich. And I was like, this is it's gory, but it was like kind of cheesy gore. It was like just for the sake of it. Um, but I, I still like the pool scene. What was the point of the hand? Did somebody get their hand chopped off? Why why was she seeing a hand? No, I think it was just, it was a bloody thing. I thought the same thing, though, John. I was like, that's not really a callback to any of the victims from the first film. Yeah, because the only thing that the other dude said is like, oh, too much ketchup or something like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Also, the boys more than the girls, and this is just a normal problem with these films, they don't look like they're in fucking high school. (laughs) No. (laughs) Jeff looked like he was 35 and had two kids and a mortgage. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, He looked like a Mormon to me. Yeah. What was his name, Jeff? Jeff, yeah. He was balding too, so not, not no, saying really? that's a bad thing because I'm doing the same oh, it's thing. Wet, hot, so. and no, wild but most was the book most people summer. in high school are not though. Correct. Right after wet, that hot, and scene, wild. Though, oh. Yeah, right after the pool scene, we see Courtney. She's having a fantasy and she uh, or a nightmare. Uh, she gets attacked by a poultry geist. Did you guys notice that? Yeah. Oh, the oh, chicken! Shit. It was yeah. night of the Jumps chicken. Out of the the possessed chicken yeah. with like Hershey syrup oozing out of its neck or something. Yeah. I could, Oh, yeah. I thought it was like grape dimatap. I I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> what what about the scene with the the drummer girl who uh who had Sally. the pimple? Yeah, oh, I loved it. I think that... they spent most of their uh th- th- their effects budget on that because that looks so good. <laughs> that that part gets me every time. It was just I don't get disgusted easily, but that gets me every time I see that part. This giant really? green gushing and I, I don't like seeing that kind of <laughs> shit you find it funny that most women actually like that scene the most because they love popping zits so Ugh. Oh. no it was really gross i'm mikey you, mikey I, that was really gross to me yes that's nightmare fuel for me have you ever watched it's that show weird. dr pimple popper no oh, i don't I like it yeah i don't like hideous that kind of stuff. that's my point yeah. there's so many i meet so many women that actually yeah. like that show. i do not like that show i've i've never seen yeah, i've only ever seen why, like I don't a see promo I saw like a, a like a promo for an upcoming episode or something, and just the promo was so grotesque. I could not, I could not handle it. I was so, like, no, thank you. I'm not going to spend it, my time definitely. this way. I like that there was like several mentions of it before that, and then we get the payoff of you just she just looks over, and all of a sudden it's like getting bigger and put and like leaking, and then next thing it's like just outrageously fucking deformed and grotesque. Right. I- well, see, I love the practical effect look of it, but it just yeah. didn't really pay off because it's just like she, another 80s reference, Oxy 10. Yeah. yeah Oxy oh, 10. Oxy 10. And she yeah, just, I don't even know what that is. Like, well, you're young, aren't you young, Mikey? I, I was born in 88. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So, so you may not know what thing. Oxy 10 is, but it was like the, the, it was the pimple cream. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, like what she had on her face, like the, the, the three dots. 
she felt like she was getting zits. So she yeah. had to get yeah. more Oxy 10. What is it now? What's it called? Clearasil. Yeah, there's Clearasil. There's Clean and Clear. I don't I don't think they still make Oxy Noxima. 10. I don't think so either. It, yeah, yeah, I kind of say I when I was growing the up, commercials. it was Noxzema and Biore masks. I okay, remember that. There you go. Toothpaste on there. Noxzema. Yeah. will dry it out. Toothpaste yeah. works, yeah. Toothpaste yeah. is, yeah, that's true. You got a really gnarly one. Just it's put true. a little toothpaste on it. It dries it out. It dries it out. You're right. <laughs> Pro tips here from Zit Tips. From, uh, we, have, we have Zit above. <laughs> <laughs> we we obviously we use give... creams. We don't want to <laughs> pop them and make the, the messiness all no. over the place. No. Well, it, none of us are like that. That leads yeah. to scarring. podcast that'll make I you scream and also offer you up some cream to put on your zits. Well yeah one week well we give recipes the next week we give skincare tips yeah you just never know what you're going to get you know, kind of Idris Elba. oh yes idris yes he, would he likes that part he would he know has... we should have him as, an, as a guest yeah let's call him tell us... you got his he number can... jacqueline he can demonstrate his skincare routine for me <laughs> <laughs> oh sorry you'll, what are we what are we talking t- about uh, you, you you'll say to him hey idris can you do the podcast from your bathroom while you're washing your face yeah shirtless yeah. we're talking oh, about sally's like, zit i feel yeah. like i'm getting a zit right here idris can mm. you take a look can you just feel feel right there <laughs> so there's a moment in this movie where tj says this is getting too stupid and i felt like he was speaking for the audience with that one <laughs> <laughs> i felt exactly the same way i was like this movie's dumb okay so well Huh? Well, so let's but like let's talk about why on earth is he like a greaser in this? Like, I'm know. not saying it's bad. It's I just want to know why. Is he a greaser? Because like, he's kind of like a cat. He's like a surfer boy greaser. He's like a mix. Well, back in the day, they used to call it rockabilly because we got we got okay. past the greaser phase in the that 70s from Greece, and then it just became rockabilly. I don't know what they call him now. Yeah, it was like surfboards and hot rods. It was like a mix. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so that's more of a California thing. I think it was really rockabilly to me, um, mm-hmm. which makes sense with the the killer because his music and his like. But I, I think rockabilly. And Jacqueline, you brought up uh, Danny Zuko. You know, I I think he had a mix of Danny Zuko and Andrew Dice Clay because I it, he I don't remember him cussing a lot, but he was very he was very crass. Zuko, yeah, no, 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 killer. no, the killer. Wow, I was gonna. I, I knew you. I don't think he ever cussed. Uh, yeah, I don't think so either. But sure he, he, he insinuated, you know, he just he he wanted to bang this girl like big time. Did you guys? I don't know if is this part of your trivia that the names of the uh, the cops that show up for Sally's oh jeez, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did it's like Kruger that. and Voris, right? Yeah. So once yeah. I noticed the Kruger Pretty one, I was handed. like, wait a minute, what's the other guy's name tag now? So I rewound it and I paused and I was like, that says Voris. <laughs> yeah, and then Courtney's last name is Bates. Yes, Norman. And there's somebody else. Is there a Loomis in here somewhere? That'd be great. No, Maybe I the don't pimple think so. cream. No, that's oxy. So. I don't know, but there were. I think I feel like there were one or two other little things sprinkled in there, but uh... I kind of like. <laughs> it'll, it'll understand come like nobody checked the trash compactor too. I really Sorry. like that scene, like when they all think like. Oh, we don't, you know, where is Sally? Maybe, maybe Courtney's on to something. We hear that weird squelching noise from the trash compactor or disposal. And like, nothing ever really pays off from it, though. Like, it makes this really nasty noise. And we zoom in on it. It gets really unsettling for a moment. You're like, holy shit, it sounds like it's grinding bones and flesh. And then like, 
Nobody opens it. Nobody looks into it. And the next yeah, cutscene to the cops. Nobody ever talks cop. about it again. <laughs> the, three hours later, yeah, it was like yeah, three hours ago. Come. You know, we heard this, yeah. and nobody and decided comes to look back having walked on foot to go get Oxy Ten out of the blue. Uh huh. And TJ's That's... like, "Yo, what are you doing? You're not supposed to be here. You're supposed to be dead." Yeah. <laughs> Well, I have to say that was some pretty shoddy police work. They like shamed her for being alive when yeah. she literally had no idea what was going on. They were like, "Well, you've just wasted two hundred dollars of taxpayer money. Two hundred dollars, and you say you didn't do anything wrong." Let's like, go to Denny's. The fuck, the girl just went to the store for God's That's sake. That's what they said. Yeah, Let's who by the way gets a reservation at Denny's? Cops do, bro. Did they Cops say they had a reservation? Yeah, yeah. He said our our reservation. Is <laughs> yeah, they Dennis. did. Oh my god, I just show up, bro. But then, but so later, then the cops they call they um Courtney calls the police later when the killer's attacking, and they're like, "Not you again!" Yeah. and like hang up on her. <laughs> this is what the are the chances that they get the same officer ever. when they call? That guy's out on the road right now. Yeah, I don't. Well, maybe in a small town. She's like, I'm sorry, Officer Kruger. I'm being serious this time. And then she just hangs up. And she's like, they're not going to come. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, dude, did, what about that scene where she throws it against the wall right after that? It, she kind of looks like she tossed it, but like. Yeah, and it goes the, slamming into the. The, the cut scene is like her just destroying huh. it. She just looks like she just tosses the phone, but like, boom, boom big impact. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was cutting to the next scene, actually. I didn't think it was part of the same scene because it was like the force with which the phone was like flung into the wall did not match the force with which she like flung her hand. So, I'm, I'm yeah. curious. We should throw it to Mikey. What did you think about the kill scenes? Did you have a favorite? I'm trying to think right now. They're all kind of just kind of like whatever when he came out. Um, I just remember what the was a Sally, the drummer. When she's just standing there against the wall and you just see the silhouette of the drill coming closer and closer to her and it goes through her and through the wall and then I like that destroys the phone on the back. I thought that was a great one. Yeah, I thought because he takes out the phone, not knowingly, maybe, but it's like I liked that it did two things at once. Yep. And I like how like the people on the phone at, after that, they all run upstairs and then he has like a big breakdance, like breakdown scene <laughs> downstairs yeah. by himself. He's not in any rush to get up there, right? No, He's no, never I mean, in any rush. They to had get enough any time to let Sheila in too, right? Sheila's banging at the door, and they won't let her in. You know, and all you have to yeah. do is move that that yeah. fucking dresser drawer. Uh, and, and he's downstairs doing his rockabilly fucking break. It was like a whole encore. They had well, so they explain time. everything away because the music's so loud. They start at the beginning when the two guys get there, and the music's so loud they can't hear them knocking on the door. They do it again. When the, the the couple go over next door to the neighbors, they're knocking on the door, but the music's so loud they can't hear and anything, kids. and then all of a sudden music cuts off. So I'm assuming they were just trying to keep the continuity of him singing his song, not realize, realizing that the friend was right outside the door because he's doing his buzz, 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 whatever it was. Yeah, that was so dumb. That song's so dumb. I get that your power tool makes a buzzing noise, but bro, the song just there could have been more to that song. Right. If you, your film was, kind of relies on it to me, it just it, didn't it do was, it. It was no Tokyo convertible for sure. No, it was, <laughs> damn, no like, Tokyo we convertible. have to put this song in the fucking podcast now. Oh, dude, I got, I got, this is too not, damn good. Yeah, they, John, they might have not heard the music, uh, the uh, knocking at the door earlier too, because they had feathers stuck in their ear. That's probably why. Oh yes, could have been. Yeah, 
I know that's happened to me more champagne than once. And feathers. Once you spray champagne and feathers are going around. I disagree. I think they were just rocking out to rock and roll high school. Also, what pillow has feathers just falling out of it? You have to. Did she she ripped open the pillow? Yeah, it just it just happens, Hyderberg. When you're having a pillow fight, no, you would be surprised at how flimsy most pillows are. That they, I guess, they're in a woman's sleepover. Yeah, fly open and the feathers like the the flimsy bras that they were wearing. Yeah, same thing. It's the same thing. Just jumping out. Also, why why do you have to rip someone else's pillows up and just do that? My point exactly. Like it was one what? thing if she just flipped it upside down and it happened to have feathers coming out of it. But I just like somebody yeah, if somebody comes to your house, dude, and somebody rips over open yeah, your pillow, you're up. gonna be like, What the fuck, man? And then she's somebody else's kill house. Possible killer, and she yeah, brings, hey. manifests this fucking supernatural hilly, uh, rockabilly killer. Yeah, it's like, hey man, your energy's all off right now. You need to chill the fuck out and have a fresh <laughs> Exactly. And get the vacuum out and have a clean slice, that shit up. Slice. Oh, yeah, slice. Come on, man. Yeah, they were drinking slice. slice in this movie. <laughs> oh, man. But she said, I I'll did take like the line, though. Did she mean a piece of, you look like a dumb chicken or something like that. When yeah. you're done, they're all drunk, and you look yeah, like yeah. a dumb chicken. <laughs> Pretty funny. What's with yeah. the fucking break dancing, by the way? I just need to know. Like, I just I, need to know. <laughs> I it's just, just it. feeling it. I don't that know. guy has some moves. He does. There's a scene too, like he dances down what might be one of the longest hallways in cinema history for me. Like as Sheila's begging Courtney and Amy to let her in the bedroom, he just keeps going down the hallway and then back and then back down. And like anytime he's around, the fog effects kick in, which I I, I appreciate because they're even there like when she's making out with Matt later and she thinks it was a dream. And then like like the fog effects start coming in, you see the mist. And uh, I'm such a child than one of Bob's uh, Halloween parties, right? When when I'm uh-huh. such a child that every time that happened, I'm like, "Ooh, he just blew another fart!" Wow. <laughs> but yeah, he's like coming down the hallway towards her, and it just seems like it's forever. There's like, don't rooms. you find that I'm, hilarious? Like, that's I, hilarious. I, mean, I sort of do, but at that point in the film, just like, when is this? I was like checking the timestamp. I'm like, when is this over? See, that's that's when it, that's when the movie started for me. I know, but it took so long to they get. They finally did me. that. I like by then, and don't I? I, I definitely feel that because there was that long lull period, and this movie is only an hour and seventeen minutes, I think. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a lot of filler, a lot of bullshit in between before anything actually really happens. Yeah, I don't know, and there's just like a lot of bad dialogue. I, I like when he breaks the tip of his drill, and then just the tip, by the way, and he says. <laughs> I can't get no satisfaction. But he says it's slow <laughs> enough that the entire audience have enough time to guess what the fuck he's going to say because he's like, I can't get no satisfaction. I, I love the puns. corny. It, yeah, I love those corny puns that he did. Uh, As, especially when they were like on the roof of that at the end of the movie when he was like, when he said something about something about her made, made him cry. So you noticed that she had to die. And then he just started yeah, he did yeah. this loud he cackle. I loved it. Yeah, his constant cackling too in the movie. It was it was great. I love when he's sneaking around in the um the uh, the uh, the uh what's the rest of the condominiums that aren't finished, the framing of them, and he's sneaking around, but he's got his drill going fucking on, and then he's and then he stops it like he's trying to be quiet. Like, bro, you just had a fucking drill buzzing around, <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're trying to be quiet. Like, come on. It just seemed weird. Just, and then I'm just really curious on how it was powered because they didn't have battery power. That's what like I was that. thinking too. Thank you. Yeah, they didn't. That's a lot of Maybe power. Had, to, like a Milwaukee, like that. one of the first like Milwaukee's or something. Oh god. 
I don't know. Um, that was a dope design yeah. of the guitar, though. I really, really awesome. enjoyed that. that I think it's good... one of the. It's a great murder weapon for for a movie. It is yeah. interesting. I heard it was a Black and Decker inside the actual. <laughs> that thing would have broken like had five minutes, corded. man. It would have had to be corded. Especially in the eighties, there's no battery powered tools. Then. Listen, he has like magically manifested from this poor girl's psyche. I think she can manifest a cordless drill. Okay, you're right. I mean, did you see yeah, the fucking dance right. moves on this guy? Like, obviously, he know he could get a drill that can work without. And those tight leather pants too, and the yeah. the shit kickers Ooh. and all. He had the whole he had the whole getup. Dude, I gotta say, like, I gotta say, I'm pretty into it. Like, no, I dig his. I look. He's I pretty look, hot. <laughs> I don't even. I'm, I'm not even like against like his like craziness like of his whole get up and like i just wish that the movie tied it in more with the first film and the other the first killer and like what exactly is going on and like what his capabilities are like he just manifests sort of like he's this supernatural thing the first movie had no supernatural elements to it so which makes me do kind of it makes me lean more in with your theory jacqueline like maybe it's a it's just a manifestation of her psyche and it's, it's really been her as the killer which would have been interesting but the film doesn't. I don't think the film even really does that either. I like don't it, think it does either. It's just like it. Ju- it just knows. kind of like clicked for me at the end of this movie, and I was just like, "Oh, that's how I'm gonna view this now." <laughs> so but I, I did read it. Th- I'm sorry. Go ahead, John. I, I was just gonna say I, I don't remember uh, the first one very well, but did the killer have a cackle like this killer? No, he was did? very silent. He was a silent killer, which is totally okay. Like well, one line. One. Yeah, I think I, I really that. actually enjoyed his cackle, his laugh that, 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 you know, it was kind of silly, but kind of sinister at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think John, like if she had a red, a bass or a red guitar with somewhere like that would have, that would have made a lot more sense where you could have been like, Green. well, maybe he wasn't there. He was just this manifestation. I, I like, there's a scene too, in the end when he's like chasing them and he gets like a drop of blood on his face as they're, they're hiding and he wipes it with his finger and then he rubs it between two fingers, which is like a total trope for movies. Like whenever anything gets on someone's finger, you got to rub it with your thumb, right? So, hmm. And then what he does, he licks it. Like, oh, yeah, that's blood. That's def- like, what else would it be, bro? I don't know. Like, it makes sense. I guess he's a killer. So he's like, he likes the taste of blood. But I was just watching the scene. And I was like, come on already. <laughs> you didn't need to test it twice, but whatever. I was waiting for him to sniff it, too. Well, and then so when she finally takes the blowtorch to him, it feels like there was enough time for him to get out of the way, but he was like busy mocking her or laughing at her like, you think you're going to destroy me? And then she flips the thing on and destroys him. Well, like maybe there was enough time for her to turn the valve to actually put the gas on a blowtorch because she didn't do any of that. She just clicked it and it went on. That's not how they work. But this is just another uh, construction rant by Hydroberg. I know. Hey, I don't say you need like to the... throw that in a trash just bag. Fucking, yeah. yeah, but like you need at the least flint turn thing the valve. Spark she, it, she had there's the no way that construction yeah. site she had, has oh, an she open... had the flint. Yeah. yeah, she did. But like, there's no way there's an open valve just on a construction site like that. They're not going to leave that overnight. No Dude, way. You're going to tool... turn that off. Tools are so fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and his line. Come on, baby. Light my fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's yeah, great. He almost seemed like he was goading her. Like, yeah. it was almost as though he thought he was immune to fire somehow because he has these little he he acts like he's kind of egging her on and then she does it and he burns up. Also curious. I don't remember at the end when they show like the authority show up. Do they show they don't show his body, right? Nope. I don't we think see, they do. They just see, see Amy's the... body. 
you just see the flame and body fall from the roof. Like that dude was on fire falling from the roof, but that, thing, that the was, was a all great you effect. Yeah, it was. Cool. It was pretty cool. So they yeah. literally lit someone on fire and told him to jump off that building. Yeah. Yeah. And all that leather. It's crazy. I wonder, I really do wonder if like we're supposed to uh, connect the dots that like it was Courtney all along. And that, that's why he was like cool with her lighting him on fire because it was her like kind of, you see how kind of enraged she gets too when she does it. Like she gets real fucking furious. She like more crazy face on her. It. Yeah, she has a crazy face on her. Like she succumbed to his evil. Well, I will. She, say... uh... Oh, oh I'm sorry, Jack. You want to go ahead? I was gonna say. Well, so I read this online. I didn't watch this documentary, but there is a documentary called Sleepless Nights: Revisiting Slumber Party Massacre Two. Oh, the cool. writer and director Deborah Brock she has two possible readings of the film and neither one includes Courtney being the killer. But nonetheless, no, she... even though that wasn't her intention, I just still think it kind of works. Um, especially because what's her name? Amy seems to be like inhabited by yeah. the driller killer at the end, like right after Courtney supposedly kills him and like Courtney's normal, but then Amy laughs in his voice. But anyway, so in this, in this documentary, Deborah Brock, it says Deborah Brock sees two readings of the scene. One, it all really happened and Courtney was driven mad. Or she was in the hospital the whole time. And the whole thing Imagining was just like a hallucination. Like the whole thing was a hallucination. I think that's maybe what they want us to think. Well, I, I, I think the first thing you said, it makes more sense, though, is that that, you know, as the as the corners are bringing out Amy's body, she just looks at the face and it starts laughing at her. So you make the assumption that she's still going crazy that that this entity is still after her so the cops are like you're, you're crazy so but i i didn't make mikey that, i didn't make that assumption sorry go ahead something that mikey said earlier would tie in um so the fact that she's in the asana psalm at the end and that maybe she's always been there like both her and her sister went to the asana psalm after the the murders um there, there was one more survivor also i believe one of the mm-hmm. girls from the actual slumber party i can't remember mm-hmm. her name I, I think either. she survived also. I'm not positive. There, No, there is one. I just don't know her Yeah, name. there was you're one right. from the actual party and then the yep. two girls that live next door. Courtney yep, you're right. Her. Yeah. Um, so if she was actually in the asylum the whole time, and this has all just been a manifestation of her mind, it would make sense that she has the same pissy mattress that her sister had in her <laughs> vision earlier. No, I'm serious. I, like, I don't mean to make you laugh. It's really, but it's the same fucking mattress, which could be a budgetary thing. But like the fact that the vision of her sister is in the same asylum that she's in with the same mattress, because guess what? She's always been there herself. Mm-hmm. It was also a weird asylum room. It was like the attic of an asylum. Did you see like the 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 vault? Oh yeah, thing? it was. Yeah, it was a it was a shit ass room. It was, yeah, it was I, like I, they gave us a sh- they gave her the shittiest asylum room you could get. Yeah, yeah, prison cells are probably better than that asylum room. You can't drill through a prison cell the way that he did through that floor. I tell you that. Oh. I hope that that's not I, ho- I hope that that's not the way we're supposed to see that scene because for it to be implied that she was really in the hospital the whole time and, and uh, hallucinated this whole thing that's really no different than the it was all a dream you know thing that, that, that happens sometimes the dream ending where she kisses Matt and then it's the driller killer but I don't like to think I don't like to think I just don't like that ending of, oh, it was all a dream because a it feels like the rug was unfairly pulled out from you as an audience member. Like, oh, I've spent yeah, an hour and I've spent an hour and a half like caring about 
what happens to these characters and meanwhile it was all for nothing like what is the point so i'm curious which character did you care about the most in this movie well <laughs> you know what i mean like you're you're watch if you're no, watching kidding. the Courtney's movie like and it's order. not for a podcast but if you're like choosing to watch a movie yeah. like you know you're gonna maybe not like care deeply about a particular it's character but you're watching to image. find out you're watching to find out what happens to them so it's and, either all a dream or it's all a manifestation of her psyche which is technically like a dream anyway so it's like but it could be a, a, like a supernatural manifestation of her, of her psyche. Like okay. it's it's born from her psyche, but it takes a physical form outside of herself. Or she's just it's all it's not supernatural at all. She's had a psychotic break and she's doing yeah, the that, killing. Those the are the three options, think I think. That that's what I was gonna say. Like for me, that 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 would be so much more interesting. But show me, not tell me, because like you said, well, they Mikey, didn't tell did, us either. They didn't show or tell yeah. us. Yeah, exactly right. So, Mikey, like you said, I, if uh, an hour and seventeen minutes, I mean, you could have shown us that there was some fluff in between this. Give us some flashbacks or something, or or you know, even the red the guitar. I think the, the red sound. guitar would have been a great yeah. set piece. So, Mike, well, maybe I it is supposed to be third... ambiguous. Yeah, yeah. I haven't like, seen. Maybe the we're third just not. There any? Are there any um, threads that like tie into this one? I was gonna ask if you if if any I of you guys seen, seen the third one. I'm, I'm gonna. Oh watch man, it. I I I only watched it once because I, I had more uh... boring nudity. That's what I heard. Oh, that movie's just a piece of shit. Okay, it's 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 it's, it's bad. Yeah, wow. it's really bad. Okay. It, it it's it's shot in like maybe a 500 square foot like apartment, nice. and that uh the whole movie to me feels like it's like uh from what I remembered you, you kind of like. You remember as a kid being in the house and you're like you can't touch the floor because it's lava yeah, so you're yeah. just like jumping around it's such a small apartment that i feel like they're running away from this killer in the small apartment that they just can't get out and they're just <laughs> hopping over like tables and chairs and shit it's bad yeah i saw the cover art for the box and i was like that looks so bobo like that does not look like a real movie like the drill coming down yeah. right and the girls are like yeah oh. it's i have it here it's 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 pretty bad it's um that's the only reason why that Blu-ray is even worth a shit, because even even though that movie is that bad, is uh because before since like 2019, um, Summer Party Massacre two and three on Blu-ray was out of print for the longest time, and just this past week they just put out part one and two in a 4K set, so the value on the two and three ones gone down a little bit, but people are still paying a premium for that terrible terrible sequel. Hmm. Hmm. Well, you got to complete the set, man. You got to complete the, the set. Yeah, you yeah. got to get it. It's complete. If you're now. Mikey or Bob. Is, you got to. You're you're a completionist, right? It is. Uh, yeah. In honor of uh, Women in Horror Month, it is another female-driven um horror movie. Yeah, the, the I got three a, of them. I, all I, female, written and and directed. Yeah, mm-hmm. and if I remember correctly, they're running like the killer in that one. Like I think there's some guy that looks like he came out of a Dockers commercial, like a real short. <laughs> That's, that's if I remember correctly. I don't. He doesn't remember. have the Canadian tuxedo that the first killer had on. I I need. I definitely need to rewatch it again because I uh, I just remember that one. And then I think last year, uh, Screen Factory put it out. Also, I think it's like a Sci-Fi Channel remake yeah. of the first one. It was it was okay to me. It definitely doesn't have it. Yeah, it, does, it definitely. You you guys might like that one a lot, like much better compared to these old slocky ones especially one and two something to check out i don't mind the schlock i just yeah same. i just think that storytelling wise this film drops the ball a little bit it feels a little 
disconnected, which I could I could touch on because of what I overheard when I was watching Joe Bob about how it was made. Um, like Roger Corman apparently acquired like the funding for this film before it was even created. He was from foreigners that were like really in, uh, interested in the film based on the first one. So it was already like a profit before he even started like making it. Um, and then when Deborah Brock was given the task of directing, she asked what the story was about. And Corman told her, I don't know, make it up. It's here. Oh, I remember him talking about making that. her the writer as well. She hadn't planned on being yeah. the writer. Yeah, she she filmed three scenes. And they were looking at other directors. She just wanted to get in with Roger Corman to do something That's else. That's the first movie. Huh? That's was the that the first movie first or this one? Because yeah, I know she filmed three scenes. He really liked it and then put her on as director. Yeah, that's how the first uh, the first director got her start. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, so as I feel like that was sort of a task given to her that she wasn't necessarily trying to, you know, she wasn't trying to get that deep into this film. I think she just wanted to direct something. So it would make sense that it's a little disconnected too. You know I mean? She did her best. And I think, I mean, it's still spoken about. So I feel like she, she, she left her mark. Um, It's a cult classic for sure. I don't enjoy it that much, but I can see why people do. And if we all watched it while we were fucking drunk, I bet it would be a lot more fun. So And together. Yeah. Yeah. Together and have a couple drinks set. That always helps. Yeah. So to me, this movie has a charm that, for example, blood rage has, like there's just kind of a a, a like a, a vibe from a particular time period in a particular place and it just kind of works and it's just kind of a like a nice place to dwell for a while. Like it I don't know, it just it feels good to watch this like eighties time period and kind of just enjoy that for a while. It's like it's charming in that way. And I felt the same way about Blood Rage. Um it's not like it's not- all I thought about Blood Rage. That's not yeah, yeah. all I think about this movie, but it's it it's a it's a positive contributor for me. It's not Mike, this is your favorite, sauce. Mikey, out of the trilogy. Oh yeah, that I I believe this. In my opinion, this is one of those rare instances where the sequel is better than the original. I mean, I can I, I get that. There's an argument for that, definitely. Um, it's just, it's just much more of a fun time. Um, yeah. to me compared to the first, because the first one it was definitely fun and slocky. Um, the killer was much more serious this one was what bob and i call it we call it a you know horror movie junk food you know you just yeah. you know what you're gonna get you know what you're gonna get putting it in you're gonna have that dopamine spark that you'll be happy for a bit and then probably afterwards you'll probably feel bad about yourself but other than that <laughs> i, I, the I first enjoyed one that a, had a little bit more of a if the first one have had a more a little bit of a touch of this one with the because the killer's just kind of bland in the first one i think that's the major detriment to that film it's a pretty good slasher you know, yeah. you got all the stuff you want from an 80s slasher. You got blood and gore and a killer stalking people. You got boobies and sorry, Jacqueline. That's what they called them back then. Uh, you know, you got pizza and Twinkies. <laughs> and, and That's what I look for in a horror movie. Yeah, corn um, dogs. And, and yeah Tokyo corn dogs Convertible. The Convertible. But I just yeah. think, uh, I don't know. That I did notice that like the killer in the first one just sort of bland. I even noticed like, He's wearing old denim and just like who wears old de- like I don't know I've just never seen Dude, it was killer. the 80s man I guess I just it's a weird because most <laughs> times in these movies you don't see the killer you see the killer a lot in the first one like it's mm-hmm. main it's not just his POV it's just like him just walking around and you get to see him in his denim outfit it's like all right he's just like a Joe Schmo the one thing I wanted to say is it, as sinister as his laugh was he wasn't threatening he didn't seem really. threatening to me 
He seemed like a douchey ex-boyfriend, if anything, you know? Yeah. But yeah. like no big threat, but like with that freaking guitar, that's that's dope. Yeah. I think it just feels very campy. Like it doesn't yeah. I, I don't I don't think it's even really meant to feel very threatening. I think it's meant to be just kind of like a a wild, quirky thing. Like and I you know, you guys keep saying, Oh, there's no continuity with the first one and I, I don't know. Again, maybe it's because I haven't seen the first one in a while, but I just feel like this this writer and director, Deborah Brock, just kind of wanted to do her own thing and not necessarily be like beholden to the first one. I kind of feel like it 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 almost seems like it's intended to be a standalone movie. Like, well, and she tells you everything you need to know in the beginning. Like, oh, my, my sister and I survived this tra- traumatic thing. I'm having nightmares and she's in an asylum. Okay, we got it. You were attacked by a killer before and now you're coping with it. Good. I'm up to speed. You know? I think you're actually, I think you're probably right, actually, because the first one, from what I understand, from what Bob was saying and uh, Andy and Soju was um, that it was, you know, it was supposed to be more of a comedy, but she, the director was sort of, uh, pressured by Corman to make it more of a slasher in the studio. Um, and oh, the first one, it was, edit, it was edited a certain way where a lot of the jokes that she had in there were taking out or, or it was uh, more gore was added. Um, so she did originally plan it to be more of a satire with, you know, so, a lot of jokes. And so maybe uh, the creator of this one was like, well, I knew that she knew that probably going into it. So she's mm-hmm. like, well, I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to pay homage to that, to that original view. Um, and I'll do that with this film, which is why it feels disconnected. Had the first film had its original vision, they might have connected a lot more and it would have had a, a more cohesion to it as far okay. as it- let me ask you guys a question. Um, there was a line where they parked at the grocery store to, you know, pick up supplies before they got to the condo. Um, she had a vision of her sister and she told her friend that her sister is gone to college. No, 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 no. They, they were talking about the college, but, you know, she knows that she's in an, an insane asylum, but she actually mentions to her friend while they're parked out in the parking lot that her sister's gone. Not to college, like it, it, it's insinuating that she's dead because uh-huh. she had that vision of her, like putting a bloody hand on the window. She I think die. she meant that the, the vision disappeared. Like she uh, had the vision and okay, then she couldn't see yeah. it anymore. All right. That, so I think that's why she okay. was saying, oh, she's that gone. That clarifies it. All right. Yeah. I, I saw that on this watch too. and I was just like, wait. Because her gone. friends are aware that she's a survivor of this traumatic experience, correct? Yeah. Well, but I don't then know. they're not aware that her know. sister is like insane because of it. Like maybe they're not aware that she's been through it. Maybe she keeps that. There to was herself. a moment where I thought they acknowledged that like she, or maybe they just acknowledged the murders and not mm. the fact that she was involved in them. Like, if it's a small town, I never I got the sense that maybe like her family moved after the occurrence from the original film. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. I don't know how aware her friends are. Yeah. Of what happened to her. I don't know. Anyway. And we may never know. Nobody will know. Well, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to watch and review the third film to find out. I, for I sure. guess so. I guess uh, so. trust me, you don't waste your time. I do yeah. wish I could see the the director's original vision for the first one, though, Me like too. before it got, you know, interfered with by Corman in the studio. Um, I'd like to see the the, satir- the satirical version that she intended in the first place. Mike, is there anything different from the Blu-ray that you have, or is it the same runtime, like the hour seventeen? That's it's I, it's the same runtime. I was just looking at it. 
Um, what Jacqueline said too about the Sleepless Nights, the Revisiting Slumber Party Massacre too. That special feature is actually on the Blu-ray also. Okay. Good. Um, I yeah, there there isn't an uncut version or anything like that. It is just straight up seventy-six minutes. Yeah. Okay. okay. Seventy-six tight seventy-six minutes. Um, oh, that's a short movie. Yeah, sure and is. one thing one thing I was going to mention too, I was uh, I think yesterday because I I still haven't finished it. The Into the Darkness three. Like the five and a half hour documentary. Dude, I on just finished right two now. the other night. It took me two days to finish it. Yeah, man, Holy it's God. um. I fell asleep several the, times. Too. The the third one, I remember watching the first, the first and second one. I didn't want them to end. I thought they were great documentaries. The third They're one, great. for some reason, I'm I'm just like, man, I'm just trying to power through this damn thing. But I just happened to they they had a segment about Summer Party Massacre too. And they had the director, Deborah Brock, on there. And she mentioned something, too, about, like, when they made this movie. Um, of course, they mentioned some of the things that, like, Joe Bob said. Um, but also that uh, they wanted to, like, get it out on tape, like, as soon as possible. Because, like, as soon as they put it out on VHS, like, with rentals and sales, like, it doubled. Like, the, the amount of money they made, it doubled the the production um the, the budget of the entire movie just putting on on video so that's well, probably another reason why Corman was like pushing the shits just you know yeah, put it, it on came tape out during that money. era where like the video yeah. stores were like huge and well, like, I heard Joe Bob mentioned that that uh, like Heidelberg said that this this movie already had a budget of like six million dollars uh before it even came out or even was thought of and yeah, it was he already sold it before there was a script even written right. Mm. I read that the budget for this movie was 500k. Yeah, right. that's what I read. And that it and then it made about 1.5 or 1.6 at the box office. Well, Corman like obviously pocketed like whatever he got from those foreign investors. I think he had a bit more than that originally, yeah. And then he was able to make a profit off it right off the bat before it even got made. Right. Got Based it. on how much he knew his movies cost to make. Sure. Gotcha. <laughs> All I, right, I guess... guys. Oh. Just like, Cor- like are, uh, Mikey, that you're aware of, are there any documentaries about Corman that are out on disc or anything like that? Like, on I or remember any sets it, like, of his, like a set of all the Corman films, because that's super. Oh, there's like the hundreds. Oh my. Oh God. yeah, that guy has so many movies. I don't know no, if it's on. Didn't. I don't know if it's on disc or not, but I remember uh, when we all went to the uh, the Overlook Film Festival in New Orleans this past year. I didn't go to that showing. I don't know if the guys made it to that one either, but I remember they had a Roger Corman um, documentary. Oh, nice. Yeah, because say what you want about the man, but man, is his career like super fucking interesting. And so many, so many great directors have springboarded off of, you know, working through the Corman school of movie making or like. I, I agree. Um, I, I just found out like tomorrow tomorrow tuesday we actually have a new episode of uh let's get physical come out and one of the movies i picked up and i watched for the first time was uh uh tim burton's ed wood starring johnny depp have you guys seen that movie yeah a long time ago yeah i need to revisit. excellent movie and i didn't even put two and two together when i watched the movie that you know ed wood was that you know b-rated director just making these bullshit horror movies for nothing and you know making you know doubling up or making enough money to keep doing it um i'm i'm sure he was he was you know spawned off from from corman over the years or you know because god knows how many movies this guy's done yeah without corman and his movie making like his sort of like formula for making movies like who knows if we'd have the, the 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 way the genre is nowadays the way it's developed you know off of you know it's 
the point of horror films a lot of times is that like they, we make they make a lot of them because they are profitable, right? Because you can make them on the cheap for the most part, and then instantly make your money back if not more right and then and then nowadays we have high-end films that make they do cost more to make like a roger robert Eggers film but they also bring in a lot more people into the uh, the movie theater so yeah that's why there's there's, there's the debates and the discussions so much now that horror movies nowadays are kind of carrying the theaters because they they're so cheap to make and they make so much yeah. money it can be complete shit People are to go see a horror movie on a weekend because it's, it's a horror movie and it's something to do on the weekend. People people just want to go get scared. It's just fun to fun to do. Look at Terrifier <laughs> Two and what it did last year. Mm-hmm. I think that story. was that was a big push from yeah. from everything. Yeah, because that that movie was yes, great. A film like Skinnerink. I was just gonna say, about. like, I would have never expected a film like that to get a theatrical release. And we're gonna get I, we're gonna get more like like ex, uh, you know sort of experimental. Scream stuff. Six is gonna be huge. By the way, oh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. It's just a little, a little indie, indie movie like that. I don't think. No, that, but oh. I know they have a higher budget for that. At least fifty, sixty million dollars. Yeah, and I it's heard Steve's house double. from the first one is actually the killer in the sixth film. Spoiler. What? What the hell? <laughs> yeah, the house from the the end of the first film is actually the killer itself. <laughs> it's the house. Uh, it's like. It's, it's like an Amityville horror kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm picturing out. like a giant ghost face mask over the front wall of the house. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's yeah. just the whole house is wearing the ghost face mask. Yeah. Well, fellas, we're running right. a wee bit long here. Shall we wrap it up and give our individual reviews and then uh, and some star ratings? Okay. Uh, uh, well, Jacqueline, this was your pick. Why don't you kick us off there, Chief? Okay. Well, again, like I said at the beginning, I think for what this movie is and is trying to be, which is a relatively like a lighthearted, fun, comedic, slasher, comedy musical, I think it's actually quite successful. I think that it's like I said, I mean, it's just it's it's a it's a quirky little fuck. It's definitely quirky. I think you have to just kind of like accept certain things. Like, why is he like a rockabilly Danny Zuko guy? I don't know, but he just is, and I'm down with it. So, um, I I like the songs that the that the girls sing in their band. I do like Tokyo Convertible. Um, some of the rockability rockabilly stuff that the killer sings later is just like generic drivel. It's it's horrible, but um, I I think it's just like a really fun kind of immersion into like a, a archetypal. 80s slasher um i i agree that there's a lot of very awkward dialogue and awkward acting um but there's something that's so charming about this movie that i just kind of want to forgive it um a little bit not entirely um but i mean it's not it's not meant to be the lighthouse right you know (laughs) you're supposed to kind of take it for what it is and i think that the 77 minute runtime is good. I actually am not bothered by what you guys were talking about with the filler and the slowness to start. I felt like I was pretty like engaged with it from the get go. And I, I didn't find myself falling asleep or drifting off or whatever. Like I was just, I, I guess her night, I guess Courtney's nightmare visions were enough to kind of keep me along on the little horror path, even though the killer hadn't arrived for a while. Um, uh, and I have to say, this movie got a lot more interesting once I questioned whether Courtney was the killer or not. Because then I feel like this discussion has been really interesting 
that like we still don't know and you know i keep asserting that courtney is the killer but i don't actually know and it sounds like the filmmaker didn't really intend it that way but i think it's a fun read on it i also think it's totally possible that the whole thing was hallucinated you know a la you know it was all a dream like dallas or whatever um spoiler i hope i mean if you don't know what happened on dallas by now who shot jr it's like 40 years ago yeah no shit so uh i i hope that's not like i don't i don't enjoy that reading of it because i just really hate that sort of cop-out ending of it was all a dream or it was all a hallucination and like i said i think the other possibility is that the the idea of the killer came from her mind but it is supernaturally manifesting in a physical form i think that's totally possible and i think that's probably like the intended interpretation of the film but nonetheless i just really like this idea that she was the killer the whole time and i and i sort of um keep comparing it to high tension which you're right hydroberg has its own problems but i just i think that's an interesting way to think of it and i think it created an interesting conversation among us like looking for the clues because i do think the film is pretty ambiguous like i don't think it's obvious which way you're supposed to look at it and i think you could make an argument for any of those uh, explanations for for what happened based on tiny clues in the movie uh i agree that there's like just some bad storytelling here you know there are quite a few loose ends that don't really go anywhere characters do unbelievable things um there, there's it's you know it, it feels like kind of a cheapy quickly written script <clears throat> like you said Hyderberg by somebody who maybe didn't even really want to do that in the first place yeah. like oh, but I just gotta I gotta get something down on paper you know when you write something just to write something even though you know it's not you know top shelf um so yeah I can recognize that um I do find this movie very charming however I do still see the flaws within it I find the killer extremely entertaining um more so the first time around when I was kind of laughing about it with you Hyderberg and whoever else was on the the zoom watch party that that time when uh joe bob was was doing that was it the first time last drive yeah um i kind of lost my train of thought oh yeah so I, I definitely found him more amusing that first time around it was less amusing when i was just like sitting there on a sunday by myself stone cold sober watching this <laughs> so less fun but i think that's a reasonable caveat to put on a movie like this like you should watch this movie in a group preferably imbibing something and it's a lot more fun. Like, you know, certain conditions make it better. So I think that's a reasonable caveat. So when it all when it all comes down to it, I think this is a fun movie. It's not like a great movie, but I think it's a lot of fun. And I think it's actually pretty memorable. So I'm going to give it a 6.5 out of 10 Harbinger Pigeons. <laughs> well done. Wow, that, that was creative. Wow. That's I'm a great going to that sleepover. It's a death sleepover. <laughs> it's a death sleepover. That's the new subtitle. Slumber Party Massacre 2. The death sleepover. Electric Boogaloo. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Electric. <laughs> Electric boogaloo. <laughs> yep. All right. So, Mikey, would you like to go next and give your review? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I, I said multiple times, like, I, I really do enjoy this movie. Honest, honestly, these type of just, just corny, good time, just cheese ball of a, of a horror movie these are actually my favorite type of horror movies um just 
just nothing to take serious about this. It's it's pretty black and white. Um, talking to you guys about it and with the with the all these different kind of theories, looking into it, I wouldn't never even thought about it if I was talking to you guys because I, you know, something like this, I just kind of just turn my brain off and enjoy what for what it is. Um, the killer, I I I love the I love the guy that plays him. I love the whole character. I love I love the the guitar drill. Um, I think that that kill weapon is probably one of the best weapons I've ever seen in a movie. It's always going to be stuck with me. Um, I enjoy these movies that you can put on with a group of friends and drink and you know what you're going to get. And everyone's going to, everyone's going to have a laugh or two and enjoy it. Um, and I love the quick runtime um, saying all that. I, I give this a seven and a half out of 10. Right. 7.5 out of 10. Harbinger pigeons <laughs> from uh, Mikey. Jacqueline, okay. you said six point five. I said six point five. Yeah. Okay. Hydroberg, you want to go next? Sure, I'll go next. All right. Huh. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Brace yourself. Well, I know where my score is, but I I feel like it, I I can maybe raise it a little bit based on our conversation. It's not much then. <laughs> uh the driller killer. He's one of the pros. Uh, he's just like an interesting slasher um, killer. Like I don't know, it was just you don't get a guy as charismatic as him usually in 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 slasher films, even from the eighties. You know, usually. Um, I thought he he had some great footwork. Um, I was very impressed by his dance moves, his break dancing in particular. Um, to mix rock and roll with breakdancing. I was, uh, that was interesting. Um, I do wish we got more of him in a way that like serviced the film better though. Like, or maybe a little bit of his POV. I don't know. Maybe that would have ruined the whole ambiguity of like, is he supernatural? Is he a figment of someone's imagination? Like, what is he? I don't know if the filmmakers really knew what the fuck he was either. Um, but it made the, it, it does make the film memorable. Him and, like you said, Mikey, like his fucking drill guitar is like a memorable weapon that we've never seen before in a film. And we're never going to see again. Um, so, yeah, I do. I do think it was cool. I think it led to some cool kills. Uh, the the best kill, I think, was was Matt's when he drills through Matt's uh, um, chest. And we get that whole we get to see Matt's face as it's coming out of his chest. And then, like, he, we see his severed arm and all the goo and like tendons and whatever, like. Um, I thought that was really good. You get to see it on the drill and then he shakes it off the drill. It was cool. Um, I, I, I could see this being a very fun um, watch in the right setting. Unfortunately, I watched it alone um, while we're viewing it. Uh, I did have a couple drinks while I was watching it. I, you know, it was, you know, the sun might have been out when I did that, but who knows? My day <laughs> off. Don't judge me. Um, and the gore isn't bad once it gets going. It takes a while to get there though, for me. Um, for a film that's about the gore, there's none of it in the very beginning, um, except for like a couple like little jokes about like the hand sandwich and stuff like that. Like we're getting there, but it took a, it took an hour. This is an hour and seventeen minute movie, and then like we only the seventeen minutes were the last seventeen minutes that really, I don't know, had that that gore in there. Um, for me, Courtney's past, I thought her haunting dreams was interesting. Very interesting idea. I thought, like, she was a decent character. I, I did like the through line of, like, her being a character from the first film. 
what took me out of it a little bit though is that like since he's from the first film i expected some through ways like to to connect to the first film they don't really though with this film this film takes place in a, an entirely different realm almost you know what i mean it really it, it, you could have courtney not be the sister from the first film and this movie would have still been what it is it wouldn't have been a detriment really so what was the real point of having her be this other person's sister i forgot her sister's name but yeah, right. uh Valerie, yeah, Valerie, mm-hmm. and I just thought they were they were they were more of a bigger part of the first film, and to have that sort of like fall to the wayside in this film, but still hold on to it a little bit, just seemed odd to me as a. Maybe uh, it was just like a way to cash in on the name recognition. No, I get it, and the- I feel like she was in a you know she had to pump out a script at some point. She did, I think she did a great you know an admirable job, but like I've never written a fucking script, so I can't like. I don't know how long she had to put this out either. And then like when she finally filmed it, for the most part, it's it's filmed very confident, uh, competently. Like the scenes, the, ch- the mouse and the cat scenes are really cool. Like him chasing them on the on the rooftops. I thought it was cool. And then like he just appears on the rooftops like fucking meow, with the guitar. Like he's smoking a cigarette the whole time. Like that was cool. Um, but like the driller killer is also a detriment to me because he's sort of wasted, in my opinion, also like he's cool. But we don't get him in the very beginning, and we and the dream sequences just don't like add up to me that they make that much sense. They don't really propel me further with the story. And then when I see the end bits of like him in the end, and I realize that those sequences from the end were just cut into the dream sequence anyway. Like it just kind of, I was like, that's kind of sloppy. But um, the acting's really bad for the most part. Some of the characters are okay. Most part, it's a little bad. Like I'm looking at you, TJ. You, fucking TJ uh there's some terrible dialogue also and i'm looking at you driller killer i'm looking at you bro uh and tj also for that matter uh there's some pacing issues too it's close to an hour before we get the killer like just it's i don't know i was just like a little bored in the beginning i'm gonna be honest like i in comparison to the first one which i can't help but compare it to the first one gets going right away in the first five to ten minutes we got the killer in there doing his thing and we we see where he's you know he's stalking the girls and 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 we're off and running and we don't get that in this film which is odd to me uh we hardly get anything scary happening in the entire film until the very end and we get glimpses of it from her visions but it they're not competent enough for me to really like feel i don't know invested uh and it's also it's kind of obviously a ripoff of night of night on uh nightmare on Elm street like there's a lot of through through way at tie-ins like the the bathtub scene and like is this a dream is this not a dream like you know he's a dream weaver sort of um i don't know just to tie in that musical cue dream weaver. it totally it appeared in my yeah. head when you said that yeah so with that said uh i'm gonna give this film 3.5 out of 10 uh har- harbinger pigeons <laughs> okay i know that's is. 3.5 out of 10 from Hyderberg. John, what say you? Well, I, I, I'm going to keep this really brief. Um, this movie does not hit for me really on any level, but I do appreciate the idea of sitting with friends and having a few drinks or even like Mikey and uh, Bob do on a let's get physical media. And they're doing a watch along, you know, how many, how many musical puns, or, or take a shot every time he does a musical pun, which I enjoyed. I really didn't enjoy the music. I'm not, I guess I'm just not a rockabilly fan. Um, 
It was fine, though. It just didn't hit. We brought up Blood Rage, or Jacqueline, I think you brought up bl Blood Rage, talking about that, where it's just, it doesn't take itself seriously, and it's schlocky. But it's a fun movie to watch. This movie just did not connect with me. I mean, there were some funny scenes, and I love the gore in this movie. I thought it was all really good. I, I the, the the scene in the car with the drill through the chest, um, Matt dying, um, um, uh, I forgot the girl's name, that, that gets drilled through the wall, hitting the phone. That was a lot of fun. I mean, even the fake hand, which you knew was fake, looked good. I, I love... <laughs> I love the effect of the pimple just like melting this girl's face was fantastic. Um, so I'll keep it really short. Watch it with friends. Uh, I'm going to split the difference because I was going to give it a four. But I think if you watch it with friends, you're going to, I would give it a five. So I'll split the difference, give it a 4.5 out of 10 Harbinger Pigeons. All right. We were a little bit all over the place with that one, you guys. Wait, Jacqueline, hold on a second. I think someone just entered the Zoom. Oh, hey, it's me, Billy. I just <laughs> want to say that this is one of my favorite uh, slasher films since Black Christmas. Oh, I love a rockabilly <laughs> slasher. And uh, that killer in this is just, he just he just does it for me. He's a hunger, hunger, burn so love. perfect. Oh, my God. That's right, so thanks, perfect. Billy. Thanks for queuing in. That it's was awesome. Elvis good. Billy. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, yeah, Billy. Well, yeah, uh, Bill, I think Billy gave it a ten, so we got to raise that score. I right? gave it a ten out of ten. Thanks, John. <laughs> I really thought someone came. Someone else was about to come in in this damn queue. <laughs> hey, I've got control. Like, I don't know what you're talking he about. Did. <laughs> yeah, well, because it's you know it's clearly a takeoff on like the 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 Danny Zuko thing, which I think is a takeoff on Elvis. It's like trying to imitate that Elvis with the dark hair, and slick back, and the leather outfit look. So, Sandy. No, no wonder, no wonder uh, Billy Elvis <laughs> loves this movie. Apparently, not since Black Christmas. Not Has this been? This is the favorite uh, slasher of his since Black Christmas. So. I know from Beyond the Grave. Even he loves this film. <laughs> All right, fellas. Well, um, do you want to hear just a little bit of trivia before we wrap this up? Sure. I got one, but I don't know if it's your. It's one of yours, so I'll let you go, go ahead. first. No, go ahead. Um, I did hear that. Um, how do you say the guy's name? At 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 Ennis at Ennis at Ennis. He has a weird first name. Um, Atanas. Atanas. Yeah, Lilich. Uh, Lilich. Oh, John, can we save a little clip of Hydroburn struggling with that? His family owns uh pretty much downtown Detroit. There you go. Yep, that's basically it. He's the son of the founder of Little Caesars Pizza Chain. I did and read also, that. Yes, which I and love. his family owns the Detroit Tigers and the Red Wings, among other arenas and buildings in downtown Detroit. Hang yeah. on, what are the Detroit Tigers? They're a baseball, baseball team. Oh, baseball. Okay, I didn't know what sport that was. Yeah, yeah I just know basketball Comerica. and football. That's it. Red Wings yeah. are hockey. Yeah, and yeah, Red Wings are hockey, and they actually just renamed Joe Louis Arena to Little Caesars Arena. Oh wow! Are you serious? Pizza, they did. Pizza. This a show brought to you ago, by Little Caesars Pizza Pizza. Oh, well, that's interesting. And it's making me hungry. Now and, I'm hungry uh, he pizza. also he had a solo album that actually came out like shortly after. Stop. This. There's a picture really? on the back of, of him in like a Crockett and Tubbs style suit and he's hugging a cat. So if you oh want my to God, I have that, to find this. Yeah, you got to watch. No, no, no. Up. What you what you have to do is just watch the commentary from Joe Bob about yeah, this movie because they I have it on Shutter. 
I, I'm sure you can that's watch the, the commentary though. by itself. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I don't have time for that either. Okay. <laughs> I just don't. I'm so next week's to... pick is in my pick, and it's just Joe Joe Bob's commentary. Okay, th- I will have time for that. I <laughs> just now she can watch it. <laughs> I have time allotted in my weekly schedule just for, for watching movie. the movie for our podcast, and I'm then just doing I'm not show. wasting my pick on that. No, nope, it's locked in now. That's what no! I'm watching. Yep. Goes against our theme. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, let's see. A lot of these we already actually talked about, and some of them are just. I thought that was back- actually pretty interesting, though, about him. You know, that is really interesting. I knew the thing about Little Caesars. I didn't know the thing about his dad owning most of Detroit or half of Detroit yeah. or whatever. Uh. So Atanas Illich was so enthusiastic about his role as the driller killer that he ended up breaking some of the film's props during rehearsal. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, Atanas. That crazy Atanas. Uh, let's see. Oh, I did not like this fact, but I'm going to share it with you anyway. Uh, the movie The Nest from 1987 used the same condo to film in, which is apparently about a roach infestation. Well, yeah. Do I have Which that? I, I do not like that at all. I will never watch that movie. What's it called? Um, the they nest? Do it after the I bet you have a mic. I, I think I do. I I, that's a Screen Factory release. I, I haven't watched it yet, yeah, I but see right I know exactly what it is. Uh, shelf, so it's the same condo, out. so it will look very familiar. <laughs> no, the horror shelf is to my to my right here. This is uh, not, this is the whole that's horror the shelf. That's the behind you. I didn't realize. I apologize. Yep. Yep. So while filming Slumber Party Massacre Part Two, they had they they had not successfully gotten rid of all the roaches from the nest, so they oh, had to Jesus. deal with a little roach infestation. They tried fumigating, and apparently it didn't work. So that's my worst nightmare. That would have been a way scarier movie than this. Yikes! And those and those girls ate corn dogs off the floor. Blech. It was a blanket. It was a blanket. Gross. Wait, hold on. It was a condo. I when Joe Bob what? said that that. He has the lumber yard, and he he has like a, a no. That's where he films called... his movies in yeah. the lumber. So he so like he, like one's a one's a condo, there. one's like a, a strip joint, one's something else. But it's like it, it he had it. He has his own like Universal Studio. Yeah, that was or... Roger Corman's backlot basically, but he kept it. It's called the lumber yard. Yeah, hmm. that's weird. Okay. Sorry. Well, so here's an here's another. This kind of brings up another interpretation of the movie, which I don't like. But like we know, need maybe, another one. I know, but so it says that there was there was a consideration to have the same actor play both Matt and the killer to show two sides of the same coin, which to me would imply that maybe Matt was the killer. Which I don't I don't like that at all. I never got her fascination with Matt. Like I get that he's your crush, but like. I felt like you just met him and then like your friend hooked you up with him. But then it felt like there was like some kind of backstory where like you had some history with him because you had a photo of him that you like spoke to when you were laying down. Like it was really weird. Like, it was she the had dreamy football player. Where did the photo come it from? It was the big out of the yearbook. Maybe she cut it out of the yearbook. We already know she scrapbooks. Most yearbooks yeah. are black and white. They're not. I don't know. Maybe I didn't go to school in California, but. Well, Seniors were all black and white too, man. <clears throat> Even in middle school, is all black and white. Anyway, I'm glad that those they didn't use the same actor for Matt. <clears throat> uh, let's see. This is boring. This is boring. You already <laughs> said that. Uh, what about the, the pigeon? Movie, it was a real pigeon. Uh, oh damn. Yep. 
That's, Real pigeon. that's interesting. They, okay. they saved money the on theme? props. I don't think they killed it. I think they just like found a dead frozen pigeon. Uh, they were like, okay. hey, let's use it. We don't have white pigeons out here. <laughs> I don't know. It's some kind we don't of have bird. Them in New York. It's either, some bird. Right? It's some bird. Uh, this movie was filmed under the title Don't Let Go. So Don't Let Go is actually the film's theme song as it was filmed under the title Don't Let Go, colon, Slumber Party Massacre 2. However, when negotiating promotional deals with companies such as Pepsi, the filmmakers referred to the film as simply Don't Let Go. The title was shortened to Slumber Party Massacre 2 after production at the insistence of Roger Corman, which I think is probably the smart choice. No, there was there was one line in the movie where her friend's about to fall off the building and she says, don't let go. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, you're right. That's not not that significant of a line. Nothing says Coke like don't let go. Yeah, like Pepsi. I'm sorry, Diet Pepsi. Don't get it twisted, Hyderberg. So that's that's about it. That there wasn't a ton for that, but um, yeah. So I would say that that pretty much wraps up Slumber Party Massacre Part Two. Nice, that was fun, fellas. That Great. was a lot of fun. Yeah, Mikey, thank you so much for coming on. This is the year of great new guests. We've had a handful of of people who've never been on the show before, and it's been awesome. Yeah, this is. Oh, they- Thank you for having me. Uh, this was a lot of fun. And uh, I mean, if you guys need me again, give me a shout. We will. We will. You are very like you're encyclopedic with you know, oh. you're with your film knowledge and you know, like who released what and what's all the you know, what are the special features on this disc? I love it. I feel like I could ask you about any movie. Yeah, he's he's pretty knowledgeable of those things. I don't know if you guys realize, but we're sitting right now with the first Patreon pick from Straight Chilling as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Oh, shit. I you totally forgot about that. I'm and, the what second film, and what film did you choose for your first Patreon pick, Mikey? A yeah, Serbian film. Oh, Serbian. shit. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then right. and then and then I redeemed myself. I paid them again that that after that episode. And we did uh, one of my favorites, Nightmare on Elm Street, Three Dream Awards. And, oh, nice. so that was a Patreon pick. I wasn't sure if that was a, a Patreon pick or just you. You were able to persuade them to cover well, it. Let me ask oh. who, who the fuck picked Solo? Oh, I don't know. Oh, I uh, think that, that might have been Kelvin. Simon. Oh, was it Calvin? That might have been Simon. Maybe. Might have been Simon. That, man, no. that movie was fucked. I I was actually watching that with Justin and and Bob because I I, 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 I had it on Criterion, so I had to bring it over. I never seen it. That was probably one of the first times I ever came home after watching a movie i just went i just I went straight to bed i was like i'm, I'm fucking over this i, I need a i need a, i need a, i need a hard restart and a new day to wake up and just forget about this let's watch family guy for a little bit yeah it's coming you from the guy that the Serbian film, so that's that means a lot to me <laughs> it means i don't understand I'm, I'm, why that movie i'm growing Hyderberg. i'm growing yeah we, yeah i watched the serbian film because of you i want you to know that you're welcome because <laughs> There was a phase of there was a while where I'm, I still try to be like that with straight chilling, where if they cover a movie, I watch the film first before they cover it, because I like to it just enhances the show for me. But it's not oh, sure. To, oh, uh, well, there we're not going to do movies like that on here. So, I mean, we well, can do fucked up movies. Oh, no, we can do movies like that, like that. We're just not going to do that one. Correct. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Sorry, my throat is going. <laughs> That's okay. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. So next week, uh, Hydraberg, it's your pick. Which film are we going to be talking about next week? I picked the peepee cocky film. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
Uh, yeah. So next week is my pick, and we're starting a new um a new theme month next week. Uh, uh, the new theme is going to be creepy children. Yes, That's actually, my theme I picked. Um, I'm quite proud of it. So yeah, um, we're covering David Cronenberg's The Brood with a special guest that I'm not willing to introduce yet. This is our first real Cronenberg film. All right, so we've done Possessor. Right, but I don't we've think done we've done Baby Bird. Covered... We've done Baby Bird, Baby, Baby Bird, but we haven't done Daddy Bird. This is our yeah. first Daddy Bird film. First Daddy Bird. And so we're gonna I'm do excited. The Brood from 1979. Nice, yeah, 79. Yeah, that's uh, another. That's another Criterion release. It is. I own way. it. I own it. Here it is. Here it is. Right yeah. here. I already watched I'm... it and wrote my review. I just have to write my reach around, and I'm. Done. I'm very. I'm very nice. proud of you about that. He had it right that. on deck. I bought it. It's right here because I. It's still yeah. in the DVD player, bro, or Blu-ray player, I should say. Um, yeah, so that's going to be our pick for next week. We're going to have a special guest on that I don't want to announce yet because okay. just like Mikey, he's a first timer. And I kind of first timers, I kind of want to just like slide them in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. surprise the shit out of you guys. That yeah, we've we've some, we've had some surprises for you guys yeah. this year. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can catch uh, that movie streaming on HBO Max and possibly Criterion Channel. I don't know if it's on there because just because it's a Criterion film doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be on their their streaming service. Right, just like other streaming services, stuff comes and goes, and they'll tell yeah. you, "Oh, only three days left to watch on this HBO. one," and then it disappears. Okay, good to know. Good to know. All right, so everybody, watch the Brood from 1979 for next week. I can't wait to discuss our first Daddy Berg film. I'm very excited about that. Hydraberg, I love this pick. In the meantime, if you'd like to send us an email and tell us what your theory is about who and what the driller killer is. You can email us at a cut above horror review at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at cut above horror. If you want to catch us on Instagram at a cut above one word dot horror underscore review and maybe message us in like, I don't know, like musical form on like why you think the driller killer is like a dream sequence or like a metaphor for uh, virginity. I don't know. Just uh, <laughs> that's where you can hit us up on Instagram. Write us a rockabilly song, please. Yeah. And Mikey, where where can they find your podcast? Uh, you can wherever they're wherever podcasts are streaming, along with you guys, I cut about a power. Um, just look us up. Let's get physical media, and uh, like uh, just check us out. And just like you guys, we're uh, we're putting out new 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 podcast tomorrow. We we do it once a month on Tuesdays, aka Blues Day. So yeah, yeah. check us out. Let's get physical media. A solid show. Check them out. Nice. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally agree. Andy, you could follow us on Facebook, A Cut Above, colon, Horror Review. We also uh, want you to give our friend Mikey at Let's Get Physical Media the five-star rating. Give us the same thing on iTunes. Um uh spotify. Uh, spotify thank you i just drew a blank um and uh, wherever you listen to the podcast thank you so much that's a great title for the show by the way mikey let's get wow. physical media i love it thank I you it's perfect all right so i'll catch you fellas back here next week can't wait to talk with you about the brood and keep it creepy <laughs>